Hello and welcome to How to Waste Your Time. We are your time-traveling hosts going through time and reporting from the future. Should you consume this piece of content or not? I am Holden Hintz with, as always, my BFFL, Darian D. Wright Equipado. Hello, time wasters. Hello. Coming in. Is this, is this thing on? From a future here. Ground control to time wasters. Um, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This will be out before Christmas, but uh, Merry Christmas. This will be probably right around the time of Hanukkah. This will come out. Yeah. So, I was about to say, first week of December is Hanukkah, right? Mm-hmm. Happy, happy Hanukkah. blank day of Hanukkah. Uh, Merry Kwanzaa. Yeah, not as popular as a holiday as I've come to learn, but I'm still, we, we don't, we don't, um, we're an inclusive podcast. If, if everybody has their own holidays. Um, that celebrate happy to you guys. Happy to you guys. You you know what I thought about the other day? I was I was listening at the airport. You know, all month of December it's just Christmas music, and I'm like, that's just, it's not very inclusive. You know, I and I thought about it. if I had my own shop, would I play Christmas music during the month of December? And I'm like, there's so many Jewish people. There's so many like people who could even be Jehovah's Witness or just don't celebrate Christmas. That you know, either Christmas music could be you know triggering who knows whatever you know what i mean and, and it's just like it's noise pollution at that point they can't escape it it's everywhere well yeah for one um christmas music is pretty awful i do like somber winter music though with no mention of any type of uh denominational holiday i do like that kind of music but i don't That's think fair. that kind of music will really go well with um looking at uh chips you know at at, at the old albertsons maybe I mean, I know we like cheery music, but like maybe some like hollow atmospheric, some snow wind blowing in your ear. Like maybe that's what we we need. Maybe that'll motivate my wife to get out of the store quicker. Yeah, just just coming down from you, and you're standing in the meat aisle, like cold, and you're like, like it's December, isn't it? Yeah, they start playing the chilly atmospheric music. But that's just me. That's just kind of just me. Hey guys, uh, this is your uh, monthly reminder to rate us on Spotify. Uh, I I don't care if you listen to us on Spotify or not, but it, please open up your Spotify app and give us a rating that you deem is appropriate. That way we can actually have a rating appear on our podcast. I don't think we have enough ratings yet, so tell your friends, family, loved ones. Give us a rating on Spotify. Yeah, just pull up your, just ask your friends and family to pull up their Spotify app and go to our uh, podcast and just ask them what they think of it. So what do you think? Anyway, 9.5? 10? What do you think? 5 out of 5? Five? 5 out of 5? <laughs> Is that their rating system? I think so. Um, so we are we are a staple now in the uh, Draft Punks Discord. At the bottom of the show notes, you'll be able to find an invitation to join the Discord if you haven't already done so. Uh, we have our own channel. It literally is just straight up how to waste your time. Um, straight up. Our roles are time travelers, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and uh, hopefully we'll get a role for all of our listeners out there as the time wasters so that we can ping you guys whenever we need insight, help. Maybe we're falling behind on s- some kind of category. I know, like I mentioned earlier in the month, that I do need help with finding podcasts. So if you've got some good podcast recommendations, please drop them in the chat uh, in the Discord of the Draft Punks Discord. Uh, they've been very welcoming. Uh, the community has definitely accepted us with open arms. So I I've been appreciating that. If you can help the discourse continue, I would also love that because we could talk about the show all month long. If you consume anything in the show or in a previous show or you want to bring anything up, that's the place to talk about it. And then we can have a little back and forth 
and uh you know maybe we'll we'll bring it up on the show if it's uh review it or whatnot if it's a banger yeah what a what a great spot to drop some reckies um some recommendations um if i see it in there uh any time within the next uh few days of this airing i'll probably add it to the list no doubt and at the bottom of the show notes you will also find a link to give us a monthly donation uh, right now, we don't have anybody currently donating, but I believe the options are like uh, 2 5 and $10 a month that you can uh, donate. You can set up through Apple Pay. Um, we would greatly appreciate any anything. Obviously, we're not asking anyone to do anything that they're uncomfortable with. But if you enjoy the show, uh, we'd love to build it up. We'd love to build it out. We'd love to get a camera set up. You know, there's a lot of things that we'd like to do if, if we had a blank check to um, support the podcast. And, you know, we'd be better on promoting it and whatnot, I think, if we put more funds at it but uh nonetheless we did get new sweaters that have the um how to waste your time logo that came out of our out of our own hard-earned cash from from our jobs but they're worth it um on the front is the how to waste your time logo and on the back is the medium of the month logo the new one by alan cortez um it is a, a chef's kiss um we posted a bunch of pictures in the discord so hopefully you've uh already hearted them or retweeted the the tweet with the the four stack of pictures uh, because um hearted retweet yeah all all of the above because we are the Thumb, thumbs up emote i want i want someone to come by that like somebody that's like somebody that's following you i want them to see it and be like what the hell who are who are these guys and then they listen to the podcast and they're like oh okay now i get, now i get it i can see the i see the big picture i'll just be honest it's sick it's just sick art to wear mhm I think it's just like we we maybe we overshot a little bit with the medium of the month art, but it's kind of just like real nice to big old wizard man on your back. Oh yeah, I mean if if by overshot it you mean kind of got away from what medium of the month is about, <laughs> I disagree. Um, I do have three medium of the months lined up. Uh, hopefully, I record one this week. I'm gonna get D Rye involved in the next season of medium of the month. So. After we do uh, our waste cap to end out the season, um, I'll get him involved in season two so that way we can have more regularly meet him in the month. Because I like doing them. It's just finding all the extra time to record and, and to consume. Like right now, I'm, like I've mentioned previously, I'm in the middle of an anime. I'm almost done with it. But the person I'm recording with, Sean, he's not really enjoying the anime, so he said. So he's like, can I do a different one? And I'm like, bro, you're already halfway through it. Like, just finish it. But... It is what it is, and with that, we're going to jump right into movies. What you watch? What you watch this month, brother? What you, what you, what you watch? Uh, so this month, I went to Utah for Thanksgiving, and I sat down with my... Um, my sister Gina and her husband Jay, and I was like, "Oh, let's watch a movie together." We got some time before my last night there. Just the three of you? E- well, Steph was with Claire, and then she was kind of sleepy, so I was like, "I'm just gonna let her sleep, whatever." Uh, she in did in and out. She did come down, and then she just slept on me. So I don't think she remembers a lot of it. <laughs> um, but we went through a few different movies, and uh, basically, I I was. I have a watch list on my letterbox and I was going through some stuff and they like new movies. So I was like, okay, let's watch the Northmen. Like they're not, they're not prudes when it comes to violence or rated R or whatever. Cause I've got some people in the family who wouldn't watch rated R movie, but you know, that's their choice, whatever. 
Um, so we watched The Northman. And um, it was just one that had been on watch list for a while. Um, I love uh, The Lighthouse uh, from the same director. And he also did the, the, Witch, the Witch. I haven't seen that one yet, but I feel like I need to now because The Northman rules. It's basically a Viking. It's just a classic-ass Viking film. But it's like North mythology Viking. So it's, it's sorry, Norse mythology. So it's very much, uh, you'll hear us talk about God of War Ragnarok later in the show. It's very much overlapping uh, with a lot of those characters, a lot of those themes. It is a straight-up revenge tale. Revenge flick, yeah. Revenge sure. flick, for sure. Have you seen it? I have seen it. Oh, incredible, bro. I can't believe you didn't bring it on the show. It, um, it was just in between a month where it was like an in-betweener. I, mm. I had already had a movie lined up, yeah. dedicated, and someone else started it. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen this before. Let me sit down and watch it. And then we recorded, and then now it moves on. I picked another movie, and it kind of just... Yeah, I've had that happen. And unfortunately, that happened with Inside Lewin Davis. Um, great film. It's not. I don't want to really talk about it though, because it's it's kind of a, it's kind of just a movie about someone's life. I feel like Northman's a lot more interesting. Um, it's not about his life. It's not. It's about it's about the the people that. It's it's very historically accurate to the mythology, which is great. So like you you see a lot of different stuff like like these barbarians who worship Fenrir, and so they they, they see themselves as wolves, and so they're like. Basically, they're Vikings that pillage as wolves. They wear like a wolf fur, and it's just like that's that's just one small element. But like understanding like the slave trade and understanding like the family dynamic and the shamans and the soothsayers. There's even like a character played by Willem Dafoe that's kind of like Mimir from God of War Ragnarok. So it's like a lot of different things that work together that make this just an absolute spectacle to watch. Just like he's got a there's a big enough budget. That it just is like this is a indie director given a big budget and he just made a masterpiece, knocked it out of the park, made me want to go to Iceland because I just I just was in love with the landscapes. It was beautifully, beautifully <laughs> shot. There's even like an homage to I think Revenge of the Sith at the end of the movie. Um, there's so much to spectacle about. Like my, the only thing that's holding me back, I think, was the dialogue. The dialogue was a little trope heavy. A little weak. Um, some of the characters have some good stuff to say, um, but for the most part, it's just like real cornball one-liners that I was hoping there was a little bit more d- depth there. And eventually, there is more depth, but a-, a lot of stuff is like I wish this character was smarter. Yeah. So I mean, speaking of Ragnarok for a second, just talking about dialogue, there's moments where Kratos will just give you like a mm, or a mm, mm-hmm. you know, like answering a question, right? Um, that I feel is very real. Whereas like this, it, it kind of falls in those like, um, kind of like Englishy nighty, uh, kind of dialogue where like every sentence has to be about fate or grandeur or revenge or something like that. Um, it's real subject predicate. Like it's real, like, you know, say something end it strongly, you know, like yeah, it, exactly. it has some kind of like setup and then it ends. It's, it's just like a, a lot of the, like, conversation isn't it doesn't feel conversational um which is i, I mean I, it wasn't the intention right i know um, Part, parts of it make sense parts of it are kind of weird 
Ethan Hawke is pretty cool uh, Viking king. You, I think he was a bad cast. I, he, he was the <laughs> I only it, he was the only one that was unbelievable. I was like, hmm. He he's, he had a fun like he's he's a fun moment at the beginning of the movie, and like I'm like, oh that's that's sweet, that's tender. But like everything else that had to do with him being Viking or king, I'm just like, this isn't. I, he was the only one that I wasn't on board one. Like Nicole Kidman's pretty wild, but I felt like her performance is like Lady Macbeth. Like it just is so out there. So like convincing that I was like, oh, I'm, I'm with it. Like even if her Australian accent yeah, kind of sh- kind of shown still, even though she's trying to have this Norse accent, but I'll take it in. Really good movie. I'll tell you um, now that we're kind of through a good bit of it. Um, I'll tell you where I fell asleep. No. Um, right at the very end um, when they're both on the boat. And he turns around. That's where I fell asleep. Why did you, did you not rewatch it? Um, no, I haven't rewatched it. You don't me. know how it ends. I don't know. How, I don't know how it ends. So when I said homage to episode three, you still were like trying to. I I just thought it had come before that, and I had missed it or something like no. that. I don't know how much movie is after that, bro. <laughs> The well, ending is so good. Well, that's the thing. The other reason why I didn't bring it up, it wasn't really like a attentive watch. I was kind of like doing things and walking around. R- Robert Eggers is his name, the director. And yeah, no, I trust him. I trust that it's a good movie. I just, I didn't give it the time that it deserved. The ending is like so poetic. Like it is so poetic in like the way that like everything rolls out. I would, I would prefer to rewatch it on my own time. It's kind of like the I, feeling I have for I mean, next month you need a waist cap. Next month I do need a waist cap, dude. We'll do a December episode, and then we'll do a, in the January we'll do the first annual wasties. So okay, okay. we'll just strictly gotcha. focus on uh, best of. I don't I know. know. I mean, we could do it as a bonus episode, like episode of the podcast. We'll talk about logistics, but. Logistically. Because it's all stuff we've already consumed, right? Yeah. So maybe we'll just force it, ourselves to. It would probably be more of just looking back and making a new list. Yeah, I mean, I have my 2022 ranked list ongoing. So, and this is this one is going to be higher on that list. I give it a 91 out of 100. I think it's a masterpiece. I think I love Vikings. I love the setting. I love the execution of like pretty much everything. I love revenge tales that like this. Um, there's there's like a strong romance tale on a Taylor Joy, who I also like love watching. Um. And I'm excited to hear her as Princess Peach because in the new Super Mario movie, she looks solid. So, like I said, 91 Masterpiece. If you like Vikings at all, this is going to be your jam. Trust me. It's it's really good. I was expecting it to be more artsy. Like, I was expecting it to be like the Green Knight. I, I compare the movies a lot, but it, it turned out to be like, oh. It's a, I would call it a better version of the Green Knight. This is like an actual adventure, like really good. Yeah. I, I'm still going back and forth, but I think it is better. But I, get, I think I give them both the same rating, 91. They're both like masterpieces in my mind. I love both. Anna Taylor is also um, Anya Taylor mm-hmm. is also plays gonna play Furiosa. Ooh, okay. If I'm not mistaken, I nice. feel like I looked in that the, up a couple days ago. In the Furiosa um, standalone, standalone film, yeah. Cool, cool. All right, brother. Uh, what what movie you got for me, my my matey? Um, yeah, we got an oldie but a goodie. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. Um, this is a a favorite director of mine now. I I can I can wholeheartedly say. Um, a favorite director, um, 2019. Okay, not an oldie, but go ahead. Um, an older, uh, Mike <laughs> Flanagan's Doctor Sleep. Mike Flanagan. Now, what is he? The guy who did Bruges? Who's who is Mike Flanagan? 
Uh, Mike Flanagan's our boy, our dog, our chief. Uh, I don't think I've seen anything he's ever done. Yes, you have. Mike, okay, just talk Mike, about Dr. Sleep. Mike Flanagan. Talk to Dr. Sleep, and then I'll look into Mike Flanagan. Uh, Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh. Um, Midnight Mass. Um, Midnight Mass. Okay, so he's the he's that guy. Hill I House. Ouija. He's the Hill House guy. Hush. Oculus. Um, just, just creeping with this movie specifically, just creeping into my, um, favorite sort of new age horror directors. Um, this movie's badass, dog. Movie pretty badass, dog. Sequel to The Shining? Um, see, see, sequel to The Shining. Um, this, this movie specifically reads, um, a lot more like a, a Stephen King novel. Cause it is a Stephen King novel, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm saying, uh, our boy, Mike Flanagan, um, I, I would say, uh, the modern it, the two modern it franchises don't feel like a Stephen King novel. Sure. Um, they, they are, but they're like following like a lot closer than the. Right. Correct. But I'm saying like the space and I guess the action and adventure, like, cause this one specifically takes the, over the course of like multiple days. That feels very much more novelly to me. Copy. Um, 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 besides that, it's also very, uh, especially towards the the latter half of the movie, it gets very Kubricky. Um, as um, as a style, uh, just a, a straight up double homage. Double homage. Um, Danny uh is a little little drunk nerd now, played by um Obi Wan Kenobi. Uwin. Um, Ewan McGregor. Ewan. Um, uh, and yeah, I just think it's really clean. It's very fun and it looks pretty sick. Um, they, what, what they did with, um, uh, Kubrick set pieces. <laughs> I don't know if 2019 is too early enough to, to spoil, but, um, they, they did it right and they did it good and they did some newer things that were very, um, very interesting. Interesting for my eyes. Interesting to see. Um, also, the uh, antagonist is probably one of the better antagonists, uh, antagonists that I've seen in a while. Good. Um, I, I know there was a lot of mixed reviews for this movie. Um, just very... Uh, what, what's the hat lady? I don't think she has a real name. Okay. Um, yeah, Rose the Hat. Okay. She, it's a very interesting character. Very feels very sinister. Um but very also um similar to uh it in the way that um children got powers and children win the day kind of type of thing. Hmm. Um would you say that this is probably going to be like a cult classic cuz like I said it's 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 got mixed reviews so you think it's just it's fans will be real fan fan heavy but like maybe I mean you've never read the book so I wonder if like the the reviews aren't great because the people who did read the book are like ah um, I feel like Not most, true. yeah, I feel like most book heads are annoying anyway. That's for sure. Um, Yo, that's, there's a reason why we don't have book on how to waste your time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah straight up. Straight if up. we had book on here, we'd be, uh, you know, it would, it would, it would be 10. It wouldn't be very, it wouldn't be a cool number. Yeah. We wouldn't have a nine sided logo. That's a clock. Like right, it, right, right, right. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, there's a reason. Um, but as far as it aging, like it, it already has a few years on it and I feel like it was just a very still a very fresh wash watch for me 
Um, but I'm like, a, I'm like a fan of cubic films. I'm not even a, per se, a Stephen King fan. Sure. Um, I feel like those are way more, um, entertaining. Um, and this definitely comes off more as like, uh, a, a, a good blend of both of a little, you have your little bit of it moments and then you have your cubic moments. I think that has some longevity in it. Fair enough. All right. What do you got from a rating for Dr. S- Doc Sleep? Doc Sleep is getting the big, uh, juicy 87. 87. The Grady 7. Grady 87. That's wonderful, man. I'm glad. I'm glad Enjoyed you liked time. it. A bit of a long movie, but we're yeah. It's all G. Probably two and a half hours, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you. I definitely want to see it. Steph wants to see it. Um, I'm a fan of The Shining, so we will uh, we'll peep it. Hello and welcome to our TV section of the news. Um, what did you watch on the, the big boob tube, dude? Bro, on the freaking boob tube, man. Let me tell you guys. <sighs> Let me tell you guys. I mean, do you reckon I read it? It's already spoiled for him. I'm talking about Andor. I think I mentioned it last... Uh, Last month, it's all finished up now, and um, not playing. When I say Andor might be the best thing Disney has done with Star Wars, right? You know, did. Um, right, right there with with Rogue One. I mean, they're companion pieces, so it it almost so much that might be you might consider them like one entity. It's like it's that quality, and I like I said, I loved I loved Rogue One. Rogue One's in in my top uh, fifteen movies of all time. It's a Perfect for me, five out of five stars. I, I I've loved it, but the thing I never I never really grew love for the character of Cassian Andor, and this this show when it like was announced it was gonna be existed, I, I questioned why they would do something about him. I'm like questioned the validity. I was like his character is not that like not that interesting. Um, it's, it was just not that compelling. Um, He's a backseat type of guy. Supporting I, character. Yeah, it's like a Poe Tamron. Yeah. You know, if, if Poe had his own show, I'd also be like, mm, why? why? You you're talking about that guy that flies the plane? But uh, even so, and or even more so, because he was only in one movie, and even more so because Diego Luna is not like some great actor. I've I've seen him in a couple of things, and he's like, I, I he's fine. he's pretty good. You think, think Diego Luna's pretty good? I think he's pretty good. He's not as good as Oscar Isaac or like Pedro Pascal, you know, like oh, people, okay, who, yeah. Yeah, people who could like hold their own series. Fair enough. So he's like... Everything about it, I questioned. But I think, uh, reversely, I think he has uh, been on small series, like the main character of small series before, whereas Pedro, pa- Pedro Pascal and um, uh, Moon Knight, n- neither of them have had that much standing in like a single series type of main character role. The show shut me up. The, shut up, bro. The show literally shut me up. Sit down and watch. If you watch, I mean, the show is very arc-based. There are, like, several arcs that happen, which makes the show feel massive. Like, it's not one overlying story. There is kind of a story that goes throughout, but there's different arcs that happen in in a 12-episode series, which is crazy. Because most, like, 12-episode... I mean, the only time you see arcs in a 12-episode series is an anime. Most of the time, in a 12-episode series, you're watching... One arc. One arc through the entire show. And you're, like, learning... Everything about the thing and everything, like, there's a whole heist that happens. Like, a whole heist that happens in the, in the middle of the show. That, that, there's whole shows around planning the heist, executing the heist, and that's, that's 12 episodes. That just happens, like, right in the smack in the middle of the show, and, and everything makes sense. Like, it's, 
it is so beautiful. It is such a good representation of, of the Star Wars universe, of the Rebellion. There's a reason why I like Rogue One. It's because it's, it's, there is no Jedis in it. I love Jedis. I love Sith. But I, I, more than that, I love the world building of Star Wars. It's such a good sci-fi world. And I'm so obsessed with like everything around it. And so when you're able to flesh the world out in a way that something like Book of Boba Fett couldn't even light a candle to this. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, Khan... I have to boot up my Disney Plus again. Um, uh, pro, um, Disney realized like, hey, book of Boba Fett was freaking not that good. Um, nobody talked about it because it was bad. Um, let me spin up Andor. We got this thing called Andor cooking. Um, and it it cooked, bro. It cooked so damn good. Later in the series, Andy Circus shows up, and his <laughs> and his character is so good. There was, circus. there was literally a moment that involved him that like made like four or five tears roll down my eyes. That's a lot of tears, bro. That's yeah. A lot, that's, a lot, that's pretty wet, bro. I was, I was like frowning to like hold back like the ugly cry from happening because it was just such a like powerful, powerful moment. Um, Interesting. There's so many layers to this damn, um, this damn show. Like I, just the idea of the, the hope with the rebellion, the res- like, the resistance, like what the empire's tyranny is about, it shows a lot of different angles. It shows you the empire side, and I, there really is very little amount of stormtroopers. There's there's actually sand troopers, which I don't know if that ever oh, existed. Yeah. Dude, they're bad at no, 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 sorry, sorry, not sand troopers. They're shore troopers that are on like the beach. They have like a different. Ooh. They're like adjacent to sand troopers. Yeah, I think shore troopers are new. Maybe I'm I'm not super invested in the. I don't know. There's a lot of EU. There's a lot of variants of troopers. There is a lot of variants. I think started with a scout, and then they're like, oh, maybe we should do different kind of stuff with them. But yeah, shore troopers. I'd never seen them before, and they were like fun to watch. But for the most part, it's just straight up like empire goons, and oh, like yeah. I love it. workers, just normal ass people, just just like how they had it in the original trilogy. You know, where it was just like people who were on the side of the, of the empire. Yeah, and the empire is just taking over everything. Mon Mothma plays a huge role in the show. Um, she plays a small role in Rogue One, but like her character is like frequently gone back to. And it's like there's one scene where she mentions like, "Oh, he's a thug and a ruffian. I don't, I don't want anything to do with him." And then he gets invited over, and he's like, "Hello, Mon Mothma. What can I do you, the pleasure?" Like he's like super like well dressed, <laughs> and like it's because those damn Chand- Chandarians are super like they live in their well-off high fluent society but nonetheless it's still like the show can be super gritty super like real like i'm i'm having a tough time putting words how incredible andor is and like i'll I'll reference bugaboba again there's moments where it's real obvious how this this show is being filmed how like everything's being done when i'm watching andor i don't know I honestly do not know. Like, where are they on set? Are they using the room? Mm, like, it the, is... The screen room. Are they using the screen room? Like, they're using Mandalorian? Like, where is this being filmed? Like, everything looked so good. And it was, I was just so convinced. I was on board 100% of the way. The sets were great. The costumes were great. The plot and the writing is fantastic. How's the theme music? Not good. Oh, no. Yeah. The theme, the theme music is, like, really average. It's not... It's not like Mandalorian where you're like, yeah, like where it's like rings in your head. Like there's maybe, maybe some of the scores like up and down, like throughout the show, but everything else about it is like, I, I'm blown away that this exists. Like I cannot, I'm, if, if you have not consumed any Star Wars 
piece of content, even if you haven't seen Rogue One, go ahead and watch Andor. You you need to be watching this. It's it's that damn good. Bro, give me a gosh darn rating. I know, enough beating around the bush. It's a 97. It is a masterpiece. Five out of five stars. Perfect for me. Um, I gave. I think Rogue One has the same rating of a 97. Maybe it has a 98. Um, I would still, regardless if it's 97 or 98, I'd still rank it Andor as a show a little bit below it. You know, just, just a pinch. Um, but it, it, everything about it is so smooth and so seamless. It all makes sense. The Empire does what it wants. Andor, Cassian Andor is such a cool character. Like, he, he's such a smuggler. He's such a middle of the, like, anti-hero. And, to, and like, to make a show about, like, an anti-hero like that and truly make him an anti-hero, don't make Boba Fett a damn beacon of light, a hope of, a hope of, the, of the whole universe. Like, actually making him an anti-hero and, like, uh. someone that you, you see either see yourself as or want to root for, be part of his crew, whatever it is. Like, Andor and all of his supporting characters are just really, really solid. Some of the Mon Mothma stuff does drag on a little bit. I think they they do a little bit too much of that world because she has a lot of like highfalutin type stuff and parties and galas and whatever. Like that that could have been toned down a little bit. But literally everything else, it, it, watch the first three episodes and you will be hooked. There's a reason why they dropped the first three episodes at one time because that's hook, line, and sinker, and they were real smart to do that. Boba's a hero now, dude. Stop. <laughs> He's a hero. Uh, not my boba. He's a hero. Hashtag dude. not my boba. Moving on. Um, I I picked up a little show um from a little director called Mike Flanagan. Now who is that again? Is that the guy who did um <laughs> did, did uh, uh in Bruges? So he also released another series this year, uh a uh, a ten part series, eleven part series on Netflix. Um. Uh, uh, under the same producers and Netflix, um, the Midnight Club. I played that game. It's a it's that um driving game. Yeah, that's uh, Midnight Club Dub Edition. Oh, yeah. Did you have the Dub Edition? I've never played it. I just okay. it's, it's like a Need for Speed type game, right? The Midnight Club. Um, I want to start off with a rating because I I really liked Bly and I really like Hill House and I really like Midnight Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not as good. This sure. is just straight up not as good. Um, this is a 68 out of 100. Okay. So very okay. Not good, but very okay. Very okay. Um, uh, y- you get your favorite of his series, um, the reoccurring um, actors. Um, albeit sm- much, much smaller parts here. Um, uh, mainly focusing around a group of children, uh, teenagers. Some ragtag. Um, but I would also say he has a good track re- record of uh, directing children um, in Hill House and Bly Manor. Um, the this he kind of ramps it up. They're definitely like much more closer to like high school age children, which I feel like is even harder to do like in the, than like little ten year old kids. You know what I mean? Um, high school kids, they. Uh, have this uh, thing about them where they just come off nerdy and cheesy all the time and I hate looking at their faces and they're just annoying. Are, are we but so we're talking like are we talking like Stranger Things season 4 or are we talking like Stranger Things season 2? Like like how old are we we vibing with like the the group of of teenagers? Stranger Things season 4. Okay. So older teens. I mean, I I I vibed with them a little bit more when they were all all late into their high school career. Okay. 
So, or maybe midway through their high school career. Still dweebs? Um, yeah, just for sure still dweebs. Um, and it, it's just that thing where it's like when I, when I see a character do a stupid thing, I think it's because they're a stupid kid. You know what I mean? Um, uh, if I see an adult do a stupid thing, I'm like, oh, he's troubled. He's having, he's having a tough time right now. You know what I mean? I can like distance it in my head. If I see a, a small child do a stupid character action, I'm like, oh, they're d- dumb children. You know what I mean? But as a teenager, I'm like, dude, you know better than that. You kind of know better not to um, be breaking into places or, you know, letting freaky people in or trusting weird people. Oh, I see what you're saying. They're like, they're like making almost like small children just like decisions. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're basically an adult. You, you should have your own, uh, what, what's the word? Um, you should be taking care of yourself. You don't need uh, all these other adults, uh, influencing your life to the point of conflict. Right. So you, do you think that was a just bad writing that they just didn't give the teens enough like responsibility? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'll get into, I guess, a little bit of the plot. So, um, you start off with this, uh, with, with, uh, your main pro, um, I forget her name. She's pretty forgettable. Um, but she ends up getting a terminal illness, mm-hmm. um, and she researches all these different places, um, and she finds basically a hospice for children or teenagers, um, where they basically, it's kind of like where they go to live out the rest of their life with all of their terminal illnesses. Um, and that place is haunted is kind of like the gist of it. Um, they make a, a midnight club, uh, telling ghost stories at night and your uh, the whole show, um, is in between their real IRL like plot lines through the show and through the haunted mansion basically. And then their fictional short stories that they create. So you're flip-flopping back and forth. Um, it some parts it makes it really interesting. Other parts it's like I'm I, I understand that this is a bad story, but it ends up taking 20 minutes of this episode. Um, why why am I here? Basically, yeah, sounds a little bit like Whiplash. Um, so you said 68, very okay. Um, did you end up watching it with Abby, or did you watch it alone? I watched it mostly alone. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to be skipping this one. It's a miss. It, it takes a lot for me N- to... Nothing cool. nothing as close to Midnight Mass yeah. or uh, Hill House, which are probably like the two of his like most popular series. Yeah, Midnight Mass was so great. I mean, like I said, it takes a lot for me to be able to even get into something. So if it's like even revolving around like ghost stories or whatever, I'm just like, eh. Meh. Meh. Me. All right, bro. The whole entire world is is wondering. They're they're grabbing their phones. They're grabbing their cars. They're like, "What does Dri think about the World Cup?" Dri, the floor is yours. Um, I'm a some would say an expert in the World Cup. Oh, um, I've watched a total of three games. Okay, that would be USA versus Wales. Okay, USA versus England, and but- USA versus Iran. Okay, I think. <laughs> I think we scored a total of four goals, um, but that's two dubs and a draw. It's called soccer, baby. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was a nil nil against England, huh? It, it, it's a nil nil against England, which is very interesting because um, 
my favorite the best part about the world cup is just uh the usa memes mm-hmm. um it's always the best um when people like when you get a whole stadium in qatar uh shouting it's called soccer it's very entertaining very <laughs> very entertaining moment of sports that's interesting yeah i don't um so i'm i'll uh lead off with i'm not gonna watch any of it i'm boycotting it because qatar is terrible Qatar is awful. Qatar is awful. Awful and, country. And FIFA was awful for just falling for the money trap because Qatar is just so damn wealthy that they just were like, okay, yeah, we'll take your money. We'll, we'll play here. Um, so I, that's that's my lead off. So I'm not going to be watching any games. I have heard some things. I've seen some stats. I can't really avoid it right now because World Cup's massive, right? Whole world's involved. It's almost like Olympics, right? You, there's just, they keep coming up one place or another. Um, don't have a horse in the game i don't uh, recently i haven't really felt very american i've i've felt more connected to my ancestors and you know like my dutch ancestors or my ancestors from uh you know norway or wherever it might be france uh i feel a lot closer to them than i do with any kind of real american heritage or culture other than like entertainment obviously american entertainment's like kind of king you know, everywhere else in the world they all try to emulate like western entertainment for the most part and america's been a big forerunner for that uh so i've always appreciated you know america's hand in that but otherwise i don't feel nothing like i i was at the mariners game i didn't stand for the like for the national anthem i just don't feel drawn to it so that's why usa games just don't it's fair enough um don't yeah, entice I'll, me i'll probably follow up with that that um uh FIFA is awful, and it's probably an awful organization. Um, Qatar is an awful country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then soccer itself is kind of a boring game. Yeah, we've improved it. It's called hockey. If we're, if we're going to be totally honest, hockey's sick, dude. Hockey is, is soccer on ice, and they give you like a, they give you a Quidditch stick. And you get uh, some contact. There's There's marginal contact you're, yeah you're allowed to make contact you're like like slam checks everything's like good you're, you're not gonna get a red card for that yeah so uh, you could use your hands idiots come on yes um, real quick there's no like holding the puck but you can quickly you can touch it, the puck down. with your touch hand puck and put it down yeah you can for sure touch the puck with your head yeah i mean the only thing i would say that's better about soccer is that there's more like opportunity for like cool trick tactics because there's it's just a wider field so you can just have there's more players you can do cooler like like inbound kicks and like penalty yeah. kicks and there's there's more like opportunity for like some like real like highlight stuff i mean going off your chest off your butt whatever yeah the the um, headers the condensed version of hockey where one guy stands in front of the goalie and the other two guys pass it back and forth until they have an opening is is definitely outdated that part is outdated for sure. You could you can move. I would yeah. You could probably move a ball more creatively with your feet than you can move a puck with a stick. With the yeah, deking, yeah. I mean the deking's cool, but it's yeah. I'd say that's that's the only leg up. But I think everything else, the sports are very similar. There's offsides, yada yada. There's uh, I mean, I guess there's nothing quite like icing. There's no like out of play. I mean, you could get it out of play and then it becomes a face off. Like that, there's just so many things that are just cooler. Like there's a literal oh, yeah. face off. Face off, so much cooler, dude. Than any kind of like inbound kick or pass. Like I, yeah. I, I get the soccer has a running clock and it's like, it, but half the game a lot of people are walking. They're just, you, if there's like this is time for sprint, this is time for walking. Like that's just, yeah. 
You don't ever walk when football is being played. Um, just to not spend time about talking how bad soccer is. <laughs> Sorry, I could have gone um, on for a few more minutes. Oh yeah, with that. I, yeah, we can go. <laughs> we can go for a minute. At least I enjoyed my time with the USA games. Um, they're going to be a seventy. Okay, seventy out of a hundred. Good. Uh, Barely good. But like I said, I can take off thirty points because, like I said, FIFA is just an awful organization in general. Yeah. No, it's and they're they're silly. Just bribed for just a money game. That's all it is. To yeah, them. money money to play. You you play money to play, and then a lot of other countries that uh you are aware of that don't get that don't have that type of money, they're completely overshadowed. Yeah, no, I mean, it was soccer. Soccer is the biggest sport in the world for one real reason. You only need one thing. It's just a ball. Anyone can play with just a ball, and then so that's why it's so popular in like third world countries because it's been there forever. Because all you need is the ball. You can you can make it out of anything. Football, you need pads. Hockey's very, very difficult. You need skates, ice, pads. You need the stick, puck. There's so much you need. There's so much equipment you need for a lot of different sports. Basketball is real common in a lot of different places too because all you need is a ball and a basket. But you still, that's two things. You could literally do with with soccer, you could just get a ball. And then you could just make, you can make what kind of arbitrary net, you, whatever you want. Yeah. That's the thing is high-level uh, soccer is in grass. High-level basketball, you need uh, like a nice hoop, a glass backboard, a wood uh, playing forward right right i mean you can always play street ball but it's it's just very different yeah you know you can't you can't be the best street ball player of all time and then translate to the the court like that and i imagine probably the same thing for soccer you can't be the best you know outdoor player and then transfer to indoor arena or something you know maybe you can i don't know i mean it's a lot of footwork but nonetheless not here to bash soccer here to bash the the world cup glad you're enjoying it to to a point um, I'm happy for all the soccer fans out there. Most popular sport in the world. I appreciate its history and its purpose here for our, our entire mm-hmm. earth. I mean, it's been very important to sports. It's the reason why we have so many great sports. But um, yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll be uh, sitting this one out. Give me, give me a sport you enjoyed watching this month, brother. Thanks, man. Uh, so I'm just going to recap the F1, uh, Formula One series as a whole um, in 2022. Speaking about money in sports. Oh, yeah. F1 is the worst thing about it. It's, it's a money game. I mean, the, the top teams always win because they have the most money to buy the best um, equipment, <laughs> buy the best engines. Yeah, employ the best engineers. Yes, and, and, and hire the best drivers. Uh, that being said, a lot of the goats go to lesser teams when they start falling off, which is kind of a weird thing. I, I wonder where Hamilton will end up because he's, he's not going to be on Mercedes forever. Yeah, he's got to probably... A season or two with Mercedes. Yeah, completely honest. I, I mean, I wonder. I think his contract. I think his contract goes till twenty twenty four. But yeah, um, we'll we'll see because he's he's one of the greatest of all time, and he. I mean, I could easily see him ending up like McLaren. I think he is the know? greatest of all time. It's definitely it's still up for debate. It's 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 not quite as obvious as Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady, not it's like quite as obvious. Like um, like he's he's more like a more, Steph Curry. In, in basketball it's like hey someone can argue that he's like the greatest shooter of all time or whatever but there's other players that might have been just better overall yeah i need to look at the what is it schumacher yeah schumacher, schumacher versus hamilton yeah um but we're talking about the the new go the upcoming go we're talking about the patrick mahomes of f1 yeah uh max verstappen um max for slapping he had this yeah who will probably easily um pass up hamilton and Schumacher within his career. Yeah, I mean the the level of 
the quality of com- competition versus yeah. how good he is is just not there. Like Le- like Leclerc is really trying. He's he's really trying, but he just is falling short left after right. Even if he gets pole, he just keeps. He's also up. older than. Is he older than Max? I think he's older than Max. I think they're right around the same age. I'll, I'll look it up. But um, y- yeah. So so this season he won pretty early. Max was he he had enough points that no one else would be able to keep up because it's you get points per win if you're not super familiar with F one. It's a it's a tour. Yeah. So um. The world tour, right? Um, they you get like twenty five points, I think, if you win. So it's it's just a if you get tenth place, it's one point. So it's like, hey, if you get tenth place in all fifteen yeah, races, for, it's for you're still not enough you, for it to be to even get the same amount of points as first place. Yeah. So for for all you um, uh, non sports people, it, it's a uh, Mario um, Mario Kart uh, Cup. You know, you do your races. Um, you uh get your points based upon <laughs> your positioning and the one with the most points at the end wins. It's a, it's a Mario Kart cup. So here's the, here's the goat race. So it's Senna, Sebastian Vettel, Schumacher and Hamilton, but Hamilton has the most wins. So that's why. Okay. Schumacher has 91 wins. Hamilton has like a hundred. So Th- that's race wins, race wins. Who has the most cups? Um, I think they're tied at seven. Okay. He was, he, Louis was going to, I mean, that's the reason why the 2021 F1 series was so popular. Probably the, probably the best ever because it came down to the final race. And so that's why this season just can't really compare because this was kind of a rote season. Um, you had the, the young stars, you know, coming to shine up, but you know, a lot of my favorite racers fell short. Um, my, my boy, Daniel. Daniel, the beautiful man. Um, he, he my Aussie, I'm blanking on his last name. <laughs> my Aussie Daniel. Um, he, uh, is no longer going to be racing with McLaren. They got it. Uh, they brought up a Formula Two racer. Um, and so now Lando Norris and him, a couple of Formula Two racers. Uh, but but actually, he's he already said he's like, hey, I'm not going to be racing. I mean, all the spots are taken, so I'm not going to be racing. But he did get picked up by Red Bull again, so he's their third racer. So. If one of the Red Bull racers go out, either um, Verslappen or um, Sergio Perez go out, then um, he'll be the next man up. So, uh, you know, I'm 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 happy that he's got a place. Um, but he's got a home. He's got he's got a home in in, in Formula One because I didn't th- I thought he was just gonna take the year off. Um, which would be real unfortunate. Yeah, because Daniel Ricciardo is such a good racer. Like he, he's just when he actually like shows up and like I mean, yeah, he's thirty three years old now, but he's just such a electric racer to watch. Like always, always entertaining, on and off, and it's like that's really hard to do. And that's why I think people aren't really drawn to Lewis Hamilton because he's kind of boring. He says his mind, but he's just kind of boring. He's he's also like Steph Curry, like it just like a little machine to him. Yeah, I mean, he, he's. I think he's passionate about the sport, but he won't do. I, I think he like specifically was like, "Oh, I'm not going to do drive to survive anymore." You know, and I think Max went the same way. Like, it's something you opt in or opt out of, and if you're so good, you don't have you to. You don't have to. Yeah, and and drive to survive is fantastic. Um, I need to finish the 2021 season, and maybe I'll I'll review it here for the sports. But overall, this season's getting an 80. Um, I I, lo- I love I'm learning to love Formula One. Um, appreciate it for what it is. Leclerc and Charles, Charles 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 Leclerc 
and Max okay. Verstappen, they're both twenty five. So Okay, you're right. They um they got a they got a long way to go. Is that Car- the new feud? That's the new feud carry right. us into the future. You know, it doesn't sound that fun when Lewis you Hamilton's thirty seven, so I don't know. <laughs> but the crazy part is Sebastian Vettel's thirty five. Vettel fell off so early. And, and Lewis Dang. Hamilton just just stayed so good for so long. Like he still was pretty competitive this year. I think he was he finished I think top four in points. Yeah. I just I just think it was the car. It was the cars. Fault. It was the cars. I mean Carlos Sainz and Sergio Perez is just it's yeah. it's it's Red Bull and Ferrari this year that were just the better cars. Yeah, the construction cup like the constructors championship was just between them pretty much the whole entire the whole entire year and then even. I mean, Mercedes was close, but like, we're good. let's see these points. Red Bull got 759 points. Ferrari got 554. Mercedes 515. So Mercedes always was finishing top five, either between him or um, George. George. And then Alpine, 173 points. So yeah. it's just like those three are like just the top dogs and they just have the most money. They just have the best drivers. And so it's, it's, it didn't feel quite as competitive as last year. And I think that's, it's, it's Formula One's at its best when anyone can win. Yeah, no, for sure. And it just didn't feel like that this year. It's like, oh, you kind of knew who's gonna it, win. Yeah, there's there's ebbs and flows in it. You know, you go you go this way one year, you go the other way the other year. Shout out to Williams for getting eight points. Shout out, big ups. That was the anime drop-in. Um, what anime did you watch? Is every drop-in John Cena yeah, the champ is here? It's just on my head, then. It's clearly. Um, so, like I told everyone, I'm between three anime. You're probably going to hear me go over all three of them. Um, this one is the, the shortest of the bunch, so I'm going to talk about this one first. This is Mob Psycho 100 Season 3. Um, it, it's airing now. Um, it's almost finished, so it's not going to be quite full 12 episodes, but it's still, it's still at the incredible levels that you've come to expect. Um, nice. I think I think I watched season one and season two back to back because that's when I got into Mob Psycho. Um, but and I and I referenced it on an earlier episode of How to Waste Your Time. But here at season three, we have a much more nuanced approach. Mob has really shown a lot of character growth here, and that's important for your your main character for your your pro tag. Uh, you need that development. If you feel like if it's in, if you're in the third season of a show and you still feel like your main character hasn't done any real developing or is coming back to the same issues as S one and S two, right? Going back to the same issues, making the same mistakes, whatever. Then we've got a problem here. It's this season is beautiful for Mob making different choices, and people are noticing. People are like, oh, okay, you know, I didn't expect you to do that. You know, he's just he's just choosing to be. The bigger person. The reason why the show is called Mob Psycho 100 is because when he hits 100% or whatever, he he explodes and freaks and like becomes a different person. He basically hits like this god tier Super Saiyan, whatever. That's because of all the pressure and anxiety. Because he's you know he's a high school boy and he's got a lot of different things on his mind, a lot of different things he has to juggle. But here, it, it shows a lot more nuanced approach, um, and a lot more um, a careful approach. I would say he, he's a lot more. He thinks before he acts. Um, he's very much self-reflective, you know, why am I doing the things I need to do? What should I do? You know, he's still nervous and cautious as a character, but, um, 
it's a lot, it's just a lot more about him and the choices of the people around him and how he influences them. And I, and I really appreciate that this show is kind of ending up in this place. I don't know how many more seasons will be after this. I don't think there's many. Um, it, I even someplace in my head, I've got to, I got to Google this while I let you vamp if, uh, this is the final season. Um, but I, I like where it's, I like where it's going. I, I mean, I wish we had a little bit more time with Regan cause he's just proven to be like the, the best character in the show as his like mm. master sensei. Um, but we still get a lot of him. We get a lot of his brother. We get a lot of different important characters. And, and you think about where they were in season one or season two and what his relationship with them and now where he's at now with them. And it just is like, okay, this is, this is really, really special now. It's proving to be something that's like, affecting a length of time and it's just still beautiful animation it's still kick ass it's still like can go crazy when it wants to go crazy but it's taking its time it's more much more of a patient story and um i'm i don't think the highs quit hit quite as high as season two but it's a 96 for me it's still a masterpiece i think season two when i would go 97 so it's only one point down but um it's it's still just really really smart and uh, one of the greatest animes ever made, hands down. Yeah, it, that's an interesting perspective for me uh, because I'm barely finishing up season one right now. Um, just so I can, I, I like having a nice little backlog um, to watch. So I, I understood that there's going to be a new season this year. So I was like, oh, I'll just wait on season one and season two. Um, and now kind of like uh, slowly taking my time through season one. Um, this is, is, yeah, this is a classically good, probably one of the greatest top 50 anime of all time. So to the question, will Mob Psycho season three be the final season? It basically is, uh, saying there's, there's no confirmation. Like people are suspecting, um, that it is, um, but rip in peace, bro. But, um, it hasn't officially been confirmed. Because there's 101 chapters in the in the manga, so season two covered up to 91. So that, that means there's only 10 chapters for season three to cover. So people are like, okay, yeah, the the manga's ended. It's probably gonna end here. So unfortunately, it's just three seasons. But I mean, a, like a perfect little three seasons. You know what I mean? It's just oh yeah, sharp. The the divine tree arc that this season starts with was is really really smart. It's it's got a big cult vibes, and you know I love my cult stuff. So, um. Again, just just more. It's it reminds me of Scissor Seven a lot. If Scissor Seven could hit the highest highs the anime can possibly hit, just just with the way they bring back characters, the way they um, influence different characters to interact with Mob, um, it's great when you have a great primary and supporting cast, and you and you feel compelled to hear what they have to say, and you're like, oh, I remember when that guy was a bad guy, <laughs> and you're like, and now you're like, oh, getting advice from this like one time villain, and it's like, okay, like this is so cool to like have been on the ride and I'm, I've been thankful that, uh, that the show like mob psycho 100 exists. Cause it's just peak anime. Peak. What anime, um, are you not going to be able to hang with mob psycho 100 with? I was about to say, this is not the peak of animation. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely a, a kind of like small, uh, unassuming, uh, a gradient hill. Um, just You're, kind of okay. Maybe there's a bench somewhere at the top that you can park, and there's sort of a nice overlook, but it's mostly, mostly overshadowed. 
I'm trying to follow the imagery here. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like it could be peaceful but desolate. Yeah. Maybe lacking. Lacking of uh, uh, a level of entertainment. Um, This is Zukyu no Tewer. And this is a a series or a movie? This is an 11-part series. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what real, like... uh, message this has or um where uh it's kind of trying to do things with the plot like um oh this is terror and resonance yes wow (laughs) i didn't know it by japanese name i I love terror and resonance okay let's let's have a dialogue here um so it's it's anti-establishment but i don't care about the two guys okay so the, the the anime is like a what if teenagers were terrorists in Tokyo. Yeah. And and these te- and these terrorists are like they have a reason why they're terrorists and they're kind of like unnamed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first let's start what did you what brought you to this anime? Uh I I it pure, most of my anime recommendations nowadays especially for random stuff like this is straight up TikTok. Interesting. It's straight up I'll I'll see it in AMV. I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What, what's the show called? And I put it on my list. That's what happened with this one, I'm sure. Um, I've been playing so much Ragnarok this month. I was like, oh, I need an anime. And I look at oh, 11 episodes, 12 episodes, yeah, 10 12 episodes. episodes. I'll be like, okay, I'll boot it up. Boot it up, watch through it. Yeah, so it it's the reason why I understand maybe a little bit more about the, like, the, the whole concept is because it is a Shinichiro Wanchanabe. Um, anime. He's the art director. So the same mm-hmm. art director as Samurai Champloo, Cowboy mm-hmm. Bebop, uh, Space Dandy. Uh, he also did Terran Reson- Resonance, which is one of his... That's interesting. I didn't really see that visually. It's very, very different than yeah. th- those three. Because, I mean, those three are also 26-episode series, and they're telling a larger story. But mm-hmm. this is one of his original anime that just kind of came out of his brain. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just the setting. The setting is obviously... Incredibly different than all of those. Oh, for sure, because it's modern, modern day, like Earth. With like, there's a little bit of escape, but for the most part, there's nothing like fantastical or mythical about it. If that I remember. Yeah. So maybe that's why the animation didn't translate like that. But yeah, I think it's kind of just a okay burger, you know. I I could the biggest thing I could say that I could understand is if someone said it's boring. If someone was like, oh, it's kind of boring. Like it doesn't over twelve episodes, not a lot happens. There's not many days that pass. It's only like, yeah. I think it might be like a week or something. Something. But I, I love, it's, it, I, I hear you when you say you don't care about the two main protagonists, but I loved, I loved what kind of almost Stockholm syndrome they got with the, um, like with a female that they picked up. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, the biggest moment of that for me is when like he actually like commits to her and like. Uh, puts her on the back of the motorcycle. motorcycle. Oh, I yeah, love see, that that's scene. That's like I loved that moment. I love that scene. Give me chills just thinking about it. Yeah, it it reminded me of what what was that um that three series thing that I watched um. Is it anime? No, it was a movie. Um, three parts to the movie. Yeah, it, it whatever it's not, it doesn't matter. But there's just another motor, motorcycle scene in it. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like that was probably the most uh, connected I felt to the characters. I was like, "Oh, that's definitely a cool moment." Oh, like, that was that moment. Like that when you when I thought of the show, that's the first thing that came to my head is that rain 
motorcycle. It is just such a perfect that that scene and then the Ferris wheel scene. Yeah, those are the two that immediately like re go into my head because I think I watched this in maybe 2018 before we started. Um, How to waste your time? Mm-hmm. Um, just when I was trying to get through all of Watanabe's backlog, but I. I totally adore adore this, but but again, I also think it's just a fun. I, I think it's 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 just a fun take on terrorism. You know, it's it's <laughs> like as weird as that sounds, yeah. and and as hyperbolic as that may sound, it's like, well, why are the terrorists being terrorists? Like, what what is the purpose of this? Like, what are they just purely wicked? Are they do they hate Japan? Like, what's what's going on? I I recently rewatched um, Triple X. With Vin Diesel. Gross. And I'll tell you, dude, I was with... I, I I feel like I still am with the terrorist of the movie. He makes the most perfect sense. Um, He is... uh, He's so sharp on his ideals. He's literally like... he, Him and his bestest, best of friends were in the Russian military. And they did a mission where they um, morally were corrupt. So they defected from the Russian military and they got a hold basically of these uh, nuclear weapons um, that are also environmentally safe. They dissolve in water. Um, He killed the scientist that made the weapon, took the weapon, and is going to send it around to destroy the world government. That's the plot of Anakin 99. Those are the perfect terrorists, if you think about it. Sure. Yes, he's going to drop uh, bombs on, you know, the world governments uh, across the world. No no bias there. Um, and the bombs, like I said, they, they dissipate in water. So, like, as soon as a rain would happen, the the contamination level would be zero. Uh, and just for um, guidance and clearance, we do not endorse violence <laughs> or... Um assassination attempts on any government um, or the, otherwise officials <laughs> these two protagonists kind of seem like uh i don't really want to spoil anything but they they were imprisoned sure. and they feel bad about it so they take it out upon the entities i guess that imprisoned them yeah. somewhat but but they're also like pretty riddler like almost like psychopaths like yeah the, it's definitely like a, a Batman Riddler kind of complex with the um, detective in the show. Right. That's that's like the more engaging part is like their relationship to the detective. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying is the more engaging part is that the relationship with the detective and relationship with the girl. And those are kind of both side stories to the two protagonists. Yeah. But those are, those are the side stories that keep the story. Like the whole thing is pretty atmospheric. It's pretty like fluid. It's like overarching, like in their heads a little bit. But again, they're just like teenagers. And so I just like, it's almost a little Lord of the Fliesy too. It's like, hey, yeah. without actually having an island full of kids, it's like these teenagers are in control. And so I kind of like the idea of like a, almost a little bit of coming of age with, the, and with terrorists, <laughs> with homegrown, <laughs> homegrown Japanese terrorists. Yeah. Um, so we're, I'm at a 70. Yeah, that's fine. You, I disagree. I, like, I would give it, I believe it, I have it at like a... Um, I, I believe it's a 90 for me. I think it's a masterpiece. Whoa. But uh, but like I said, I'm a, I'm I'm Watanabe is the Japanese guy Richie for me. It's like I see something that he does and I just love it every single time. Mm, fair enough. I think even though I do think his other shows are some of the best I've ever seen. For sure. Peak anime, 
we're talking about peak anime. That's right there. Yeah, they are. Uh, this doesn't have the same flavor in it. I understand. Understand. If you ever played s- slow pitch softball, I'm underhanding just right, right to the to the catcher. I'm just right there. Just it's it's a it's a no. It's he was caught looking. It was a strike. Caught looking. That's what um my game is. Marvel Snap. Um, I. <laughs> I, I will also lead with my score of being a 70 here. I think it's a good, it, what it, Marvel Snap is, is a iOS and Android-based uh, card game. So it's played um, not horizontally, it's played vertically. So that's the first thing that makes it kind of weird. Uh, I've seen people play it on um, their computer. It's just not a full-screen window. It's just like as a, like... F- like it's pin- pinball 96? Yeah, it's like phone-shaped windows so like people i think you can download it on like the windows app store or whatever um somebody's somebody's on twitch right now with marvel snap it's not optimized um marvel snap is the bare bones of a digital card game it it, a digital combat card game it's it strips away all of like the like nuance of like spells and all that and all it is is straight up who has more points and each card has a, a, a point associated with them and then every card has an effect so it's like this effect is this, this effect is this, uh, this, this card's effect is it's always at the start of your hand at the beginning. Quicksilver, his effect is that he's always at the start of your hand at the beginning of every game. So you, you always have a one cost card. The game, the, the, it's only six rounds. Um, you have three locations you can place cards in. Each location reveals a new like effect. Like, so it's like one of the effects for, it could be like, hey, cards with no effect have plus two here. So everything's about like plusing or minusing or it's like destroy all cards here after round four, or the, all the winning cards will survive, but destroy all cards on the losing side after round four. There's turn, there's six turns. Uh, nothing w- can cost more than six, and if it does, then it's like got some kind of special rule. I don't know why you would play it, but you get one like you get associated like energy per turn. It's the most bare bones you can possibly make a a like card game, I, and it's the reason why it's addicting is because it's like three minute games. So yeah. if you're if you're sitting on the toilet, you could play fuck four games, and then be like, oh, I guess I'm done, and then get up. Yeah, I'm more of like a six to eight game type of guy. Uh, have you played Marvel Snap? Uh, no, I've heard a lot about it. There's a Twitch streamer that I watch a lot, and he's been uh, like consumed by it. Essentially, he doesn't Twitch it, but he de- he's definitely like, hey, I've just been playing Marvel Snap all day. A few of my friends, Brian Keys of Draft Punks and Michael Moran of List Wars, have also kind of been consumed with it. I did spend ten dollars on the battle pass of the Miles Moran, Miles Morales battle pass because I because I beat it. I did. I got all fifty levels through, and after I beat it, I was like, "Well, I might as well do it. I can get the Miles Morales card." It revolves around a move deck where you move cards from one location to the other, causing different effects. If you have multiple, if there's a card that's based off the X Men Multiple Man. And if you move him, he stays in the location where he was moved to, and then he makes a copy of himself in a different location. So there's ways of like, there's like fun, like small tactics, but like for the most part, it's really, really rudimentary, really bare bones. And like when I compare that to Legends of Runeterra, like Legend of Runeterra mm. is so much better in every single way. Even the, the, they make you pay, the only like pay to get anything is like variants of like heroes. So they're just different, like a different JPEG. That's it. That's literally all that it is. It's a different JPEG. So you got different, different JPEG. You got a different like artist who drew Wolverine or something, and that's that's like 
all skins are. Whereas like if you pay for like the high scale skins in Legend of Terror, you have a whole level up animation. So when they they level up, they have a different animation, or they have different like art for their abilities, or they cause like different kind of things. Like there, there's so much more to Legend of Terra. You can change the board. I mean, I get it that Marvel Snap is very new and Legend of Terra has been established for like three years, but it's 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 just lightened it. And even like Juggernaut's like uh, Hearthstone or the Magic the Gathering digital game, like it, it it just is so so simple. And it and I'm happy for the people that it's getting into digital card games because I love digital card games, but for me. I'd rather waste and spend my money and time on Legend of Terror because it's just so much more fulfilling when you get like an actual engine going and like you start doing stuff you want to do. It's very fulfilling. Yeah. So, I mean, what I've heard from it is basically that it, it does strip a lot of the monetization that other card games have. Right. I mean, if you want to get a Hearthstone now, you have to spend a lot of money because yeah. you have to buy a lot of packs and stuff. Yeah. And, and whereas in Marvel Snap, you collect cards by playing the game. So yeah. it's just straight up like you get one random card per every like two collection level. So it's That's like what I'm saying you you don't have to. Yeah, I, I guess Hearthstone is the biggest uh, perpetrator of that. Where yeah. you like literally you will never see a card unless you buy it. Um, other games like I, I haven't played uh, Legends of Runeterra, so I don't know how much you pay for that per se. They give you so many free cards that it, it's like yeah. You so can I still- mean. That in itself, like, I think that's probably just a good place to be, especially for mobile gaming. That's, like, really bad in mobile gaming. And my, my last piece with that, I would say, is that I, I, it's just not a satisfying way to, to unlock cards and to, like, make new new decks. Because it's, like, you only, it's not like you can access every single card. It's, like, once you make it to 100, level 120, now you get a different, like, tier of cards that you can un- unrock. So, if... If you're like, how uh-huh. do I get this card? It's like, well, you have to be level 250 to actually even have the chance to unlock this card. It's completely random. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, whereas like games like Hearthstone and, and Legend of Terror, you can, you can craft the cards that you want. If you have enough of whatever kind of the cost right. is, you can just straight up make the deck you want to play. I can't make the deck I want to play until I, I, I've played the game. I've played a thousand so matches. You know, yeah. I'm level 256 because I want to unlock Jubilee or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's just like. Fair enough. I'm happy for what it is, but it's it's a 70 for me, bro. Just barely good. Almost nearly just okay. All right, man. Here's here's the meat and potatoes. Let's let's talk let's talk about this video game that we hinted at. Um uh, I I will give a, a preface. I have not beat it. Um so we will be talking about it again in the waste cap of next month's episode uh so that we can do more of a spoiler in-depth chat for maybe another 10 minutes. But here let's just talk for about 6 minutes. Give us, give me some of your general thoughts, and then I'll, I'll jump in after you. Um, yeah. So sticking around to where you're kind of at in the game, um, uh, I don't want to, I definitely don't want to get into too many spoilers. I'm 11 hours in for any of the fans at home. Yeah, I have completely finished the story. I'm on, I'm on New Game Plus, essentially. Um, continuation, continuation of of said uh, minor story and side side quests. Um, this game's really good, dog. Mm-hmm. This game's great. Yep. Um. Yep. Yeah, I think it, it's it's funny because I I look at uh kind of the Batman Arkham City uh concept of like like stick and move, um, and you're constantly reacting to enemies, um, and I I don't know why I look at that and I'm like, oh, that's kind of old and outdated, but then I play Ragnarok. And I'm like, oh, this is super fun. 
this is super nice and it, i i've boiled it down to um the axe and the blaze of chaos are just incredibly designed um so much fun um using them and playing around with them and doing different things with them um it make it really truly makes every fight kind of more entertaining and and different from the last yeah i i i'm i made some changes there's there's actually a lot of really cool optimizations you can do in the settings so like i made some changes where it's like if i walk over like a health orb i just automatically take it so i don't have to like press the button you know, above it so if i'm in the middle of combat i can just walk over to health orb and i just crash it because i'm health uh, i made some changes where sometimes combat isn't quite as fluid as i want it to be like having to unlock and like lock on characters just for whatever reason is like i get caught from characters from behind me because i'm locked into one in front of me um i do have it also set where it's my my x button does the sidestep and the roll dodge at the same time so i don't have to tap it twice i just tap it once and mm. it just it does both of them at the same time so every, i'm just rolling around constantly interesting um, so i i have it set that my health is the same way i just stand over it and it gives me health and i crush it mm-hmm. um i don't use the lock on it at all there's there was one fight where i needed the lock on um just because i was targeting like a very far moving right. enemy um, and it needed the lock on, but other than that, like I'm, I'll completely do away with, with the lock on, especially when you get to, um, this game's version of the Valkyries, mm-hmm. like the uh, repeatable side bosses. Um, they're, um, they just kind of like, th- their movement, um, will, will force your lock on to drop on and off. Okay. Um, so it's it's just better to. Uh, get used to not using it yeah maybe i should stop using it i'm just so used to using lock on in so many other games so i'm just like always trying to lock on to certain um, things so yeah maybe that's a good piece of advice for me i would say there's also the the accessibility in this game is the deepest i've ever seen any game yeah it's definitely we, straight out of the top i i don't um any type of physical obstacles that i'm walking through and when i'm not in combat I don't have to press any button. Right, for. just just auto. That's that's I'm really just, nice. I like that yeah, too. Yeah, like especially like climbing and stuff like that, which takes a bunch of time. I'm just pushing the stick. Yep. Um, that and then also I think if you turn, um, your voice lines or the like, uh, attack notification sounds up, um, like people will tell you when people are behind you. Right. Like they'll constantly be notifying you when you're gonna get hit from the back, which behind is behind you, brother. Yeah, behind you, brother. Um, dad behind uh, watch out you're on fire brother <laughs> it's okay wow. it'll pass they'll constantly be telling me when something's going on behind me so I, I do try to listen to those more um, other than that a lot of the a lot of the bosses will just kind of like it, it's it's just too punishing to have the lock on feature on they're they're too fast they Whatever stage you're on, they move back and forth or side to side way too much, and I'm just like, I'll I'll pass. I can I can I got through following on my stick. I'm getting through all the kind of side bosses, just following with my stick. It it makes it a lot, a lot easier for me. Um, I, I will say if we're talking about accessibility here, I, I heard somebody say that you can turn down the the puzzle hints, but I couldn't find the place for that because <laughs> I was I'm still getting a lot of puzzle hints and in. They're they're not great. Like either they're oh they're awful. Either they're like 
Hey, take a look at that glowing thing. And I literally just walked in the area. What's up with that glowing thing over there, Dad? Check it out. And I'm like, yeah. okay. You should try using your arrows. Maybe you can knock that down. Atreus, shoot here. Um, like, it's it's just either really blatant and like, it doesn't even give me a chance to figure it out. Or, or I've had it like twice where it's like, what about over there? And like, he's facing like a wall. Yeah. What, check over there. Try getting a different angle. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I got a different angle. I got it. What about, a, what about looking at it from a different perspective? I'm like, okay. Let's, so it's like, there's, I, I don't know if I need to like, I literally looked at all the settings. I'm like, where can I like make this <laughs> less frequent? Cause this is, this is like actively making the experience a little bit lesser. And maybe I have rose tinted glasses on the first one, but I don't feel like they did that in the first no, one. No, they did. They definitely didn't. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been a pretty, pretty solid loot goblin. I, I swear if I, if I didn't look, I probably have 85% of everything collected. My dad sure loves looting. <laughs> I'm just like, you don't have, what do we, why are we, the, you, you're trying to like make sense of the gamification of the game. It's like, no, this is just a game where you're collecting loot. You don't have to acknowledge that, that we're collecting loot. Like, hey, where's he going? Oh, that's my dad. <laughs> he he just walks off and wanders sometimes. Yeah, Tear was kind of Tear was annoying for sure. Um, it, like I said, not trying to spoil anything, but there's a moment where, um, a character tries to break into a chest. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. that was that was great. That mm-hmm. was that was a good moment. I loved that moment. I heard that was spoiled for a lot of people on the uh, Twitter space. So watch out for your your spoilers. Watch out for yours. Um, um, not that easy as it looks, little brother. Yeah. Um, it, th- there's definitely a lot of really good moments, um, and I'm really enjoying the storyline. I'm like really, I, I did jump into the game. I'm like, oh, I remember the first one. I'm like, wait, 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 what? What? What about giants? Atre- oh, Atreus? And, now, what's oh, Jotunheim? Really? I like oh. legit was just like so confused. <laughs> so I, 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 after I like played maybe a couple hours, I'm like, wait, why is Freya mad at us? I thought she was on our team. So then I like I rewatched the recap and I was like, well, this three minutes didn't help at all. So then I watched like a sixteen minute video from Gamespot. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's right. Oh right. We went inside the World Eater and like all this oh, stuff. Yeah. I'm B- like, oh, Balder was her. Yeah, son. Balder was her son, and, and we, we murdered him. We murdered him. Murdered the one of Thor's kids. Got yeah. it. And okay, okay. Yeah. So now to the real meat and potatoes of the game. Um, they've definitely perfected this. I, I don't know how to really articulate it but their style of the game is perfected at this point so you have uh either a lake or a large area to traverse and in that lake it's heavily populated with stuff to do or you have an extremely linear level and you flow through it quickly and there's stuff to do along the way yeah i think it's perfect for this type of game, especially for how long this game is, I feel like as soon as I was like, I'm getting kind of like tired of this game, I had the chance to wrap it up. Right. Like they they give you like, hey, we're gonna wrap up the story now. Like, do you want to cool. get everything done? And right at that moment, I was like, yeah, I I do want to get it done. Like, I don't I don't need to wander around here and just look for crows anymore. Yeah, man, the crows are pissing me off. They they. <laughs> There need to be less than there's like eighty. And I'm like I I had I just had to concede real early that I wasn't gonna get all of them, like because <laughs> I'm just like getting frustrated over like I'll I'll stand there for a few minutes trying to get this damn Odin's freaking ravens. But I mean, it made it for me at least. It made me play so much more of the game because like if 
if I had a bunch of area left in, let's just say it's it's a lake type of area and you're uh, rowing around in a boat, like if yeah. I had any of that, any corner of that undiscovered, I would go look for it right. immediately. Like I'm right. not leaving this area. I'm not putting down this game until this area is completed. And then on the other side of the coin, like I'm not going to stop like mid tracks and I, I understand that this is a linear level. I'm going to pop out on the other side and get a cutscene, and the lore will be done. Let me just push through till the end of that. And with them alternating like that, each level style alternating was just the cream on the crop. That, that was, that's really what I think makes this an incredible game. Yeah, I would I'd echo on that. And I'll say that the, I think the vernacular of what we call that is the gameplay loop. I think the gameplay loop is very, very well paced, very well done. You you kind of can control your own pacing a little bit to a, to a point. Like they got some. I played so far two side quests, completely optional side quests that were massive. Yeah, that were almost just, two hours in them in themselves. Like they were so cool moments that you just totally could have missed, and revolving like between the relationship between Kratos and Atreus, and it's just like those. That's a special special part to like the whole entire plot of this game. Is there like the father son relationship is just continually developing yeah if you're if you're playing this game like don't miss out on side quests they're they have so much there's so much connection to them to the story that they're almost i wouldn't even call them side plot like they're along with the adventure of the main story i'm in the mindset that i'm only gonna play this game once so i'm 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 playing every side quest so that's also why it's maybe taking me longer but i just didn't have as much time this month um with going to utah and whatnot that took out you know some of my good game time but um, I'm right here with you. Go ahead and, and show your rating. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely believe it's between. Go ahead, give me your rating first. We're a we're big '98 fans, dude. Wow, this is an M piece for sure. Uh, knocking it out first and second iterations of this God of War are both master masterpieces. The the gameplay loop is super satisfying and keeps you hooked. Um, the story is incredible. Um, just a super cinematic um, uh, experience playing a game extremely cinematic Um, after that uh, the enemies in this game always tend to stay pretty entertaining Um, there's definitely some boss fights that were um, there's some main story boss fights that I felt weren't as good as side bosses which is interesting which is yeah, definitely interesting. They could have been more creative with those as they were with like literally side bosses were more entertaining and more creative, which is unfortunate, but um still I played through them to get to the lower end. I didn't exactly like expect this person to like challenge me extensively, but it would have been nice if they did. That's probably where I would snag those two points away. Difficulty you playing at? Um I I was kind of all over the place. If I if if it did get difficulty, I would drop down to grace. Um, but for the most part, I was on balance and Copy. then the one ahead of balance. Yeah. When I, when I felt I wasn't getting challenged, so like it was all based on gameplay. So if like I'm running through mobs, um, and it feels easy, and I'm not switching weapons or I'm not taking enough damage, then I would put it up. But I would surely I would get to a boss that was there. The main ability was to do more damage to me than anyone else. I would turn it down. Yeah, I, the, the main thing I'm learning right now is that you got to use the elemental like damage to like 
really do do the like big chunks of, of damage. Yeah. So I mean, you'll see later in the game it the options just get multiplied. Yeah. Um, and you see like what more you can do, and it it, it is necessary, especially those side bosses or the fog or the repeatable bosses. Like you see how much how necessary it is to be between weapons, putting on your element uh buffs augments and buffs and yeah i mean even you know the side quests both give me good equipment that i've been using oh yeah great equipment um but yeah this straight up end piece if you haven't played it yet dude shove it dude i I would probably put my rating right now in between anywhere in between like 92 to 95 i i don't are you claiming that's better than the first one is that where you're you're sitting right now so better than god of war 2018 i think what i like about 2018 is that it's shorter yeah it plays more like 20 hours i think um which means it has less time to mess up basically i would say this is just as good it just has more time to be boring in between in between scenes if that makes sense okay yeah i'm i'm uh i'm with it i'm i'm loving it um i'm loving it i still don't understand the the need for Shimming through crack. Oh yeah, shimming through cracks or lifting up big rock. Hate it. I just it just don't. slows down gameplay. Hate it. I mean, I think the idea behind that now it used to be to hide loading times, but like when I'm playing on PS5, I, it loads instantly. I don't have any. My PS5 is the most advanced piece of equipment in my house. Like I don't. <laughs> it doesn't need to like buffer load times. This is like, one of the most advanced pieces of technology in the world. Why can't um I don't ha- why do I have to lift rocks in video game? Yeah, why can't I just jump over it? On the other side. On the other side. Like, I don't... Like, he's a god. Like, why... Why is, like, his biggest, like, difficulty, like, a, a cliff edge? Boy. <laughs> yeah. Boy, you first. <laughs> and then he chimneys through. Like, it's just... It's just nonsensical. It's just, like... It's just trope. It's a trope now. Like, it... Like, it, again, like I said, I know what I was there, but it, now it's just, like, every... Tomb Raider does that. Every third-person adventure, Uncharted does that. You have to shimmy through something. Yeah, there's got to be one that I've played that doesn't do it. Every third-person adventure think. game, like uh, I think, Horizon Zero Dawn, does it? Yeah, I I think because it's just not an open world, it can't like stutter and see a loading screen. Mm. But it, there, there's open world games and games like this, linear sort of games, need to need to work together and find and find the good medium. Sure. Because I, I want to just freely walk to one place to another without having either a loading screen. Or to lift big rock in my face. Um, and I will, I will hope that this is probably like some of the best writing of all time. Oh yeah, incredible. Um, um, before we move on, I just want to want to make that note. You know, despite all these, despite all of these like things that we're bashing it for, the the, yeah, the writing shines, and like it, it's very hard to do that in a video game. Yeah, if you don't like video games, then go watch all the cutscenes cut together. All right, bro, we're back at it again with another tabletop simulator experience. Uh, this time I was invited by a um, good friend of the show, Ryan Stabell. Um, he hit me up and he's like, hey, you know, basically throwing a dog a bone. He's like, hey, you know, let's let's get the, that board game knocked out for you, brother. Um, him and one of his buds, they, throwing a dog a bone. they're big fans of the um, mining game mining adventure game called deep rock galactic yeah you played it uh i have it downloaded 
It was a yes or no question. I don't. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't played it. Um, okay. so I sh- don't have friends. Shut your mouth. Um, that's fair. It seems like something you'd have to play with friends, and it seems like they were like they're really knowledgeable about it. So, th- there's a board game that got kickstarted, and um, it it's still hasn't dropped. I think it's coming out in the month of December or January. It's scheduled in to release soon, but it's been on Tabletop Simulator for a while. However, with my only real other experience, like playing like a like a big ass board game, being Dune Imperium, it was jarring how like little actual support there was. It's like like Dune Imperium, it's like oh set up game, this many players, these are the factions, whatever, G- good go. This one's manual everything, so it's like it's literally like playing the board game. Like you had literally had to put the board out, you had to like. Bang my head against the put wall. the pieces out. You had to like shuffle the like bag of pieces so that they're shoveled up. Shuffle the decks. Like everything was manual. I was like, oof. You so this put pieces in bag. And yes. Shuffle bag. And shuffle and bag. Pieces. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And or like the resources to later come out or like and like you have to set up the board like you have because the the way the game works is a tabletop simulator though <laughs> are you getting anything less than the title dude i the, the, i mean there all the arts there right all the arts and all the, like the 3d renderings of the um the models are all there so it's it's pretty much like the the whole sale experience <laughs> other than the fact that it's it's just really tedious but like i said i didn't do most of that they did that for me but just watching it, i'm just like ugh it it's a cooperative game just like the real game and um, it's mission based, so you have like a, a, a scenario. You open up. We did scenario number five. Um, previously, Spoilers. they had done scenario one, and they just kind of steamrolled it. The two of them. So now we're doing scenario five. Um, I don't know why we jumped from two to five because I think they just figured, oh, they're all the same. But five was way more difficult. Um, and the way it works is you're kind of you're going through a cave. You have your objective, like collect this, do this thing. Ours was collect six alien eggs that are in like it's a hexagonal like map you're moving on a hexagon grid and you have like dice that you roll for damage <laughs> and you have like a range for your weapons and they have bugs that come out like different basically at the end of your turn a new event happens and it can be good um kind of protection or whatever or it could be spawn people here it's you have like a a way to lose the game if you you know at the bottom of the the board there's like a tracker that's like you know it's this if you're on this one spawn more like bugs there's like a bunch of different types of bugs of different health and you're resistant to certain kind of damage that does one less of that damage if you're doing it so there's a lot of different things um that that factor in and because this game was so manual i was like oh does that mean this and they're like oh yeah it was their second time playing it so it was really makeshift it seemed like the rules weren't like super well thought out. I had to like hover over one thing to actually get the rule for it. I'm like, what does this piece do? They're like, I don't know. It wasn't in the rule book. Like, it was like, what does it mean if I like, if I like freeze this person? And so it was just straight up. This there's nothing about this freeze token. I had to hover over it, and like someone had like custom wrote in. Oh, you know, if you freeze them, they're stuck in place, and they don't get to when it comes to their move turn, they stay there. You know, and so it was like, wow. Um, Where bones? Did they did they read the uh, game manual in the game? They had, yeah, the, the teach was like just straight out of the manual. So, and I, I was pretty custom, like, thankfully, f- not for their sake, but thankfully for my own sake, I'm pretty well versed in board games. So I was able to pick it up pretty quick um, with like, what's a cooperative game? What's the purpose? You know, how to, how, like, what's the, the win con? You know, I was trying to get to the, like, what can my character do? I was, I think I was like an engineer type character. And like, thankfully I was like, understood, oh, the turret is very powerful. 
let me place a turret right at the spawn of like right at the entrance of two spawns. And so now every time they spawn, it automatically I get to roll my ammunition die and see if I can hit them. And so I'm like I'm like killing things right off the bat, like so they, we don't have to deal with them. Um, but nevertheless, it it did get down to the very very like bare bottom of what it could get down to. Two players downed, and like mm. like no health. Me, the only one left. I have to w- run over to someone to to bring them up, and then also clear the area too. So I got to use like my either like my throwable or like my secondary weapon or whatever it is. You know, I got to stock up with ammunition, stock up with health get the ammo dropped like it, it there's a lot of different things there that parallel i think the real game and it's a fun really cool thing i think it would play better in person um hopefully i i i do optimized yeah because i like i said i think they, there's still more things that got to change the, to the because it's still and it's again and the game hasn't even released yet um but as far as the tabletop simulator goes in my whole experience as, as a whole i give it an 80 i think it was great I loved uh, playing with Ryan. I appreciate you, Ryan, for reaching out to me to uh, to play it. I, I definitely will do it at least one more time uh, to play a different mission, um, and then maybe have you and your bud, you know, play maybe one a couple more times without me, so you guys have a little bit more knowledge and experience. And that way, I, I can. And maybe we should all just go play online <laughs> the video game. Yeah, the the real the real game, huh? Yeah, I mean, it sound? it did kind of make me want to play it. I was like. Yeah, Deep Rock Galactic. I mean, you, the idea cool. is that like you know everybody has their unique uh, dwarf. Yeah, and then you you go through the mines. You know, you run through it. Little dwarfs collecting your goodies. I get uh, overwhelmed by bugs. I just don't. You're I, a dwarf. You you strike me as a dwarf kind of guy. I'm a little dwarfy. I'm a little dwarfy in stature. <laughs> um, I my problem with those kind of games though is that it's it's like Tarkov, right? You grab your stuff and you get out, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but it's player versus enemy. Yeah, yeah, it's, like it's, PvP. it's it's PVE. Yeah, um, but but nonetheless, it's I I like stuff that's if this was a cooperative game that had a like linear ending, I'd be I think I'd be I'd be like, yeah, let's play tonight. Like if it was like Vermintide or whatever, which I haven't played yet. <laughs> I, I'd be like, <laughs> which all right. I also haven't played that. I said I just <laughs> I just said I would rather play that. But I'm like, let's play tonight because eventually we'll get to an ending. Like I don't know what the ending of Deep Rock Galactic is. It's like. There, there's something so not compelling to me in living games. Like, I don't want to go back to Destiny. It's like, oh, grind for the better loot. Like, and then what? Grind for the next better loot. And then what? It's like, I just... And then you play the new one that comes out. Yeah, and then you play the, then you play the DLC, and that's the new raid. And I'm just like, ugh. So yeah. I, I, I think I want to dabble in Deep Rock Galactic. I don't want it to be a part of that oh, com- yeah. community or culture or anything like that. But I want, to, <laughs> I want to play maybe like 20 hours, 30 hours, and be like, okay, shelf the game, put it away. Yeah, I don't... I don't want to associate with those dwarf loving. Uh, it, it, it just it's just gross, honestly. Freaks. Um, but I I I liked I liked the board game a lot. Um, I don't know if I would buy it, but I would definitely if if someone else had it, I'd be like, let's play that. Like that's a really cool cooperative game. Let's play let's, let's play, play Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right, bro. What 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 do you got for me? Is this is this a loose interpretation of board game or what? It, is this a loose interpretation? No. Um, this is, this is, this is, uh, Thanksgiving time. Um, oh, family, family. Happy uh, Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. This is my Thanksgiving story. Um, we went over to, um, Abigail's side of the family. There's a, 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 a solid amount of people over, um, your cousins, aunts, um, mothers, grandmothers, um, uh, as, as a group game later in the night, post dinner, um, this little ditty came out on the table. Little like, ditty. 
And I was like, there's a board game here? I can knock something off the list? Sure, I'll play it for 10 minutes. I like the way you think. Uh, I, I, I literally, I was standing there looking at them setting this up, and I was like, I can turn around, or I can go sit there for 10 minutes and put this on the list. I sat down. This is why I forgot it when I walked in here. I sat down. <laughs> I wrote uh, ransom notes in, my, in, our, in our shared note file. Put my phone down. And I was like, okay, count to freaking 10 minutes. <laughs> um, this game is, is weird. The ridiculous word magnet game. It, it's a total like target shelf filler. Like <laughs> yes. not even entertaining in the slightest. <laughs> There's so many of those games There's, that yeah, are just target shelf They're posts. infinite, dude. It, there's an infinite number of those. It, that is so funny. I've, I've never like, I've like in the back of my head, I've had that thought, but I've never subconsciously said it. There's yeah, just yeah. so many can, of them. Just can, trash. You, you see the game, you know what I mean? Like anytime you look for a game, like in any type of retail store, that's not like a dedicated, obviously a dedicated game store. It's like, that's all the shelf is absolutely all the shelf is like i've never heard of this anywhere why is it why is it why do they have 20 copies of it like (laughs) i there's 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 some kind of market for it somebody's somebody keeps making these damn like these are the people they're like super lightweight games usually just like really loose rules like nothing no no real board usually and if it is there's just has like a spinner on it or something yeah so this game like you said no board um magnetic word tiles so like (laughs) Like just the the most general stuff you can think of. There's there's uh proper nouns, pronouns. There's uh a's and ands. You the idea is you take these little magnetic pieces and you have a little magnetic board and you make a sentence uh to the prompt card. So Ugh. that's it. <laughs> and you vote for the winner. No, it's like. Un- it's like quiplash but you don't get to be creative it's like quiplash you don't get creative and cards but it's not entertaining <laughs> yeah in the slightest. There's, no, there's no entertaining prompts um that and who was playing that this is between uh me two of abigail's cousins and then their extended family two people from their extended family so five yeah and i got a feeling you didn't win I was winning. Oh, no. I had I had three cards down. Just I'm the really what it is is I'm I can just be an entertainer, entertaining speaker. You know what I mean? Like I could just be in that space where like people are just like have their board like okay, it's my turn. Yeah, because they're just reading off what. Yeah, the, they the... just read what they. It, you just make a sentence. So like, I think my top I topped out at um, what the card was um explain uh what it is to be a man something mm-hmm. like that like oh super entertaining plot mm-hmm. i'm like for sure i got i'm gonna nail this everyone's like yada 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 bored beard drunk yada 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 i'm like it hey, this is this sucks it, this this was like the straw on the camel's back i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna nail this one and walk away and my sentence was um it was like anxiety um uh, anger um overwhelm uh touch meat be happy like uh. just just a a, a but I like the way that everyone else just kind of like sat and like read their noise i like just, just by standing up 
and projected my voice. They're like, oh, you'd win. You did such a good job. And I was like, okay, someone else can have my words. I'm, I'm out of here. Nerds. And I jumped, <laughs> and I jumped yep. in the hot tub. Oh, yeah, later losers. Um, yeah. And that, that definitely is the, the, the people I feel the most bad for are the people that buy these kinds of games. That yeah, just because, like no one tells them that there's anything better out there. Oh yeah, like I said, I'm not even like a huge board game person, but I played so many board games through you, and had so much fun with those board games. And especially like if you want a game where you're like, like everyone's having fun and everyone's speaking and like it's loud and the laughter's loud. Like there's so many good games that are like that, like party style games, that don't have to be like an intense engine builder or right. intense like pieces, moving pieces and right. collecting. Uh, elements or coins or whatever like you don't have to do that there's entertaining like word and spoken word games out there that you just like are completely glossing over because you go to target <laughs> to go get your board games yeah maybe like marshall's too that's yeah, like that's so, another place like you're, you're not gonna find any name games at marshall's no, no so this this is yeah maybe one of the lowest scores on the show this is a 30 out of 100 yeah 30 out of 100 that's that's gotta be the bottom five scores we've ever of, given of out for sure the, you'll see this back History. on the wasties like <laughs> <laughs> i hope not <laughs> um, yeah it just would never own this game would never even think to buy this game if the, it if it if it gets brought out again i'll be like I'll, I'll have a sigh and be like okay let me go find my corner away from this thing i, I think i gotta go to the bathroom you gotta go bathroom that's what you got to say. <laughs> I, mean, I got to go to the bathroom. Well, Marvel Snap. I thought you just interrupted me. Right. To right. Just to say, just to let the whole world know. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Got to drain the lizard. Yeah, maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll go for, you know what? I had a lot to eat. I'll go take a walk. You know what I mean? Um, what's even worse is that Ransom Notes looks very ugly. It looks like it could have been made by like a one person who just learned like how to interact with PowerPoint. Because it's just like that. It's it that. looks like a DIY. It totally looks DIY. There's no like creative art around it. It looks like literally like a one person team could have made this entire game mm-hmm. and probably did. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, you know, just had an in to put it on some retail shelves and made probably a decent little change return. Self-published Evan Katz, Josh Roberts, their, their publisher, their self-publisher is called Evan and Josh's Very Special Games Company. Evan and Josh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know what you're doing. You know exactly what you're doing. You're you are a predator, <laughs> and you are preying. You are preying on on people who don't know anything. You created a game called Puns of Anarchy. Puns, dude. If I see what was it named, Josh and Evan. <laughs> if I see Josh and Evan in the streets, it's, I'm throwing hands. It's, it's, it's on site <laughs> for sure, dude. I hope they never make a game again. But they're gonna make twenty more before they die. Evan and Josh is a very special games company. <laughs> what? Charty party. Stop. We're moving on. <laughs> moving on. All right, bro. Sue me. Sue me. Sue me. Sue me. Sue me. And then, and then I win the suitcase. Because today I'm going to be talking about a game that I kickstarted. Okay. It's called, sorry, comic book that I kickstarted. It's called Astro Pan. The reason why is because I, I kickstarted because it looks fantastic and it was like really cool. But now I win the suitcase because you can go on Amazon right now and buy Astro Pan. Um, Astro Pan is a comic book that takes place in like 2063 France. Um, it's futuristic to a point, but it's like the whole world has gone to like 
it's very post-apocalyptic kind of vibes. Um, and it, it follows like a, a, a girl named Aster and her friend who are like scavengers. Of Pan? Pan is the, like, the colony. Mm. And she, she's actually not, she, she's not from Pan. So she's kind of like a, viewed as an outsider, but her friend is from Pan. He's like son of like the chieftain, essentially. And so to be from Pan, you have to have like markings, like tattoos and stuff like on your arms, and she doesn't have it. So she's seen as an outsider. However, the, everything unfolds when like the world government like attacks Pan and is like, hey, either we, we will protect you from like pirates and outraders um, if you give us 25% of your rice. And so it's like they're trying rice. to colonize. Not the rice. They're trying to colonize Pan. And instead, somebody jumps out and says, um, declare trial by celestial mechanics. Them being a completely, you know, isolated colony that's like don't travel, don't go beyond the reef kind of like colony. Um, they're like, okay, I did, we have what the hell is he talking about? But the person who shouted that out was an ex member who left Pan is now back. He's he's also he's the brother of the uh, one of the main characters, uh, who uh, of the son of the the chieftain. So they say, okay, trial by celestial mechanics. Okay, the guy's like, all right, well, I have to agree to that because that's our that's like our namesake being like the that's our code, dude. that's be, like our capital. Um, that's our ancient tribal code. Push comes to shove, celestial mechanics is a game of dodgeball. It is it is six v six dodgeball. Um, the it's you play three realms or whatever. Um, but in the first one, it's like very like rudimentary, like you're on a dodgeball court, whatever. That's how the first game is played. Second game, though, is played like in the snow. There's no lines. There's no boundaries. Almost like Hunger Games style. Like you're on like a, a grassy forest terrain. And then the third one is just like played all over like Pan and the surrounding areas. So it's just like almost like no rules in crazy. But there, there's, there, there's a lot more like revolving around the politics behind like being colonized and like people supporting for it. But the main character Aster gets a following after being like incredible and uh, so everybody's like now from the capital like in love with Aster and so it, it does have some Hunger Games type vibes you know with Katniss Everdeen and like how things kind of revolve around her and what she's fighting for and like what it means to, to be representative of District 6 or whatever um, but she, her being an outsider is kind of an interesting perspective and then also just it's just fun that the game's dodgeball you know there's not there's something like very doomy and gloomy over Hunger Games about like, well, if you lose, you're dead and you're never going to live again. But like actually having like this beautiful, beautiful art partake in like different kind of like dodgeball maneuvers and different kind of like concepts and ideas of how to play the sport of dodgeball and like is really cool and really fun. And it's, and it's like fun to see like that these characters like just dodgeball is completely foreign concept to them because they're just so removed from like, any part of the world like they even see a drone and they're like it was a flying thing with an eyeball like they just didn't like so removed from um the past that it's almost like went back in time yeah i feel like dodgeball has been big for us and this just overarching in the past year true dodgeball is huge for us this is the dodgeball cast for um, sure but i mean that sounds pretty sick um is the kickstarter over <laughs> what are you what are you even asking me bro you're saying you opened with you would win the suitcase. Yes, um, be, because you can buy it on Amazon. That's why, because I, I, I kickstarted the game. Right. Or sorry, kickstarted the comic. I'm saying that's not even English. You would win the lawsuit. 
suitcase. I, I I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying stuff. I'm just because previously I've said sumi because I, I know kickstarters are elusively difficult to get your hands on. This one is not difficult to get your hands on. Um, the artist is a um, he's a Frenchman. His name is Marwan Chabain. Marwan Chabain. Um, he does pretty much exclusively watercolor art, which is like top two, top three of my favorite art styles ever. Um, I love, love watercolors when they're done right. And he's so good at blending watercolors. And the whole entire thing is just straight up watercolors and, and uh, inks. Um, and it looks gorgeous. He's got a really, really good style. So everything is really engaging. He's he, the way he draws panels is really smart. Um, he, he doesn't like he doesn't he's not confined to panel uh, size. So he'll like have characters overlap panels and whatnot. Oh, I, lo- I love that. Yeah. So it really feels like a, a living beast. I'm going to hand you the um, giant size right now. The big mecha size. This is the oversized um, special edition hardcover. It came with like two different prints. I have like on it um but it's just it just a gorgeous gorgeous look i i read it uh playing uh like a very atmospheric type like um soundtrack playlist um and it was just super like zinned out i was i was with the characters the the writing's pretty fun pretty lighthearted. like i said there's some overlying underlying uh political themes and there's definitely some writing that happens based off of you know the foundry or whatever the the capital's like tyranny that is trying to drop on like a small colony. Um, but just everything about it just worked for me. I'm going to give this one 92. I think it's a masterpiece of a comic. I think if you like dodgeball, if you like sport comics, it's definitely a scratch that itch. Cause it just looks great. Feels great. Creative. It's its own. It's just, within it's like 200 pages. It's its own contained universe. Yeah. And I love that, how that's the, special. It was literally like, a dodgeball court and a wooden fence. Right. Like, there's nothing really fancy about it. Almost remind me of like Megalobox, like the first season of Megalobox. Yeah, for sure. And, th- and that's how the, the, their game one of three rounds, you know, is like very much like that bare bones. And then they keep exploring what else can you do with dodgeball? Like what are some like creative ideas you can come up with how to play the sport of dodgeball? And again, they've never, these people of Pan have never played dodgeball. They're super unfamiliar to them. So it's like, what do you stand for? What, like, what's your purpose? What does winning mean? Like, they get, they ally with another, um, like neighboring colony. Um, it, it's very good masterpiece. I think, I think you would like it as well, right? Did you give it a rating already? You missed it while you're reading a 92, brother. 92. Shoot. Shoot me, dude. Shoot you into the heart and tell me what you read, man. Tell me. Um, I got a, another total uh, average burger for you. Yeah, um, man. It's It seems like we've been flip-flopping here. It's like <laughs> we've been getting some of the best stuff and some of the worst stuff in this yeah. episode. Um, so this is this is funny. I, I play Evil Dead the game. Uh, I'm still kind of creeping around um, that and the, the subreddit. Um, and I just had found a random uh, comment that's like, oh, there's a... Uh, Army of Darkness, um, Marvel Zombies crossover comic. Wow. I, I would like, probably read that. Yeah, I was like, oh, this probably sounds awful. Let me check it out. And I just sat there and read the five issues, <laughs> like in one sitting. Right. Because, uh, I mean, it's it's nothing. Uh, but still just kind of um, what you expect from Marvel Zombies. 
Yeah, it's with Marvel Zombies is its own like universe. It has its own like Earth two one six or whatever. It's got its own contained um in the multiverse, it's got its own place. And so they kinda have their own rules and they do their own thing. So it makes sense that Army of Darkness would concede with it because they could just do whatever the hell they want in that yeah, universe. It's total like um Ash Ash travels in from a unknown portal and um is followed by uh, Necronomicon zombies. Um, but I mean, literally it's, uh, kind of ugly looking. Um, but what you would imagine from, Mar- uh, what early 2000s Marvel and army of darkness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not that's, great. Not totally great looking. 2007. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very just like, it, I don't know how to explain it. Like bad shadowing or bad coloring. Oh, for sure. It's so it's, it's digital like inking and yeah, just digital the, inking, yeah. And the inking is just everything is reflective. There is no light source, so everything is reflective. Yeah. So it just really, really looks like early two thousands. Like not not quite sure how to work um, a tablet yet. Kind of like <laughs> digital inking. It's it's still fun. I still have my little fun with it, but it it I just didn't know. I in my head I got to the. F- like the end of the fifth issue and I was like, Oh, I'm still trying this out. And then it was just done. I was like, Oof. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, Ash, Ash just boomsticks the head off of multiple, um, Marvel superheroes. And that's kind of like the story. And then they go fight, they go find the Necronomicon from Dr. Strange, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's my little comic entry for, to, for, for this day. Um, rating. Um, what do I have here? I I will agree that everything you've been saying coincides with rating. <laughs> um, this is a a solid sixty. Yeah, that is that's the fun threshold. Below that, I would say not fun. Yeah. Uh, so sixty is where just, just sixty where fun, fun starts. Yeah. It 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 didn't offend me enough to for me to put it down. So, this is where fun begins. That being said, I think I think this is my boy Mike Del Mundo who did the cover. The cover is impeccable. I mean, Mike Mike Del Mundo does not miss. The covers are great. I don't know why the covers don't look like that. Yeah, the, I mean the rest of the of the of the comics. Um, well, I think this one, this third cover was my favorite. Um. Oh yeah, they got a lot of different covers here. I don't know if that one was my favorite, but that that's one's awesome. Like, uh, what is that? Spidey is mostly a skeleton, and Ash freaking chopping him up. Even even this one's we got Wolverine missing fingers yeah, and an eyeball coming out and Ash <laughs> behind him. Yeah, uh, I mean it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, it takes so much time to do this to make uh, like Mike Del Mundo. It, his process is super lengthy, and so that's why he's mostly just a cover and variant artist because he makes some of the best stuff there is. But so it's like hard it's for him forever. to do. It's hard for him to do panels where it's like this probably got whipped out really fast. I'm sure yeah. this was done over the course of like two or three months at most. Easily. Yeah. Unfortunate. Refreshing. All right, folks. It's that time of the show. Once again, you heard how refreshing it may be. We are trying a beverage we have never had before. Have you ever had this specific beverage before, Dure? Spitzy? Have you been on record to ever have this before? No. Okay, let the record show. Poliner Spezi has never been consumed by either one of us. 
Um, for those who don't know, it is uh, one of Germans, uh, Germany's uh, pride and joys. It, it is orange soda with cola. Uh, that being said, also, have you ever had orange soda with cola before? No. No. On uh, record. In Germany, I did try it. I tried the, um, there's, a, there's a real popular version, um, and I'll look up what that is, and I've had that one. Uh, it's orange and cola? Yes. Uh, there's, there's like a, there's specifically one that is like everybody, everybody drinks it. Uh, Mezzo mix. So Mezzo mix is the, look at this, is the big one. Mezzo mix is the big one. Yep. What is Mezzo mix? Um, Mezzo mix is. How did you like Mezzo mix? I was okay with Mezzo mix. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't like. Against it, no. I, I think I think I kind of liked it, but look, look, let's enough bantering. Let's get into, get into let's get into the taste tests. Okay, that's we got can number one. Here we go. Ooh, that is very a lot of a lot of carbonation came out of that. Yeah, go ahead and hit it. I, I listened to another podcast where they they taste stuff, and every time they like went to go taste something, they had like a they had like a fade. They had some kind of like audio cue and it just jumped. Like, <laughs> no, I want to only hear you sucking on that mic, dude. Yeah, but I was like, it, in, it's a whole food podcast where they're trying snacks. So they just cut out all the crunching, all the munching, and they just cut to it. I'm just like, what? There's so many of that like audio cue that's like to jump. It's like, that's funny. Those are people that like food but hate ASMR. Like, they're so angry at ASMR for taking all their viewers. They're like, no. That Venn diagram. We're not going to have any chewing, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, the orange um, is chill. The orange is back there chilling. Yeah, it's not nearly as strong as the cola. Huh. Like the the cola's solid. Solid cola. Yeah, fine cola. I would say it's more towards the Coca Cola rather than like a Pepsi Cola. Sure. Like a more classic cola taste. Um but yeah, and then there's just like um like i imagine like a chester cheeto version of like a of an orange like with sunglasses on and he has like probably like red high top shoes and he's like chilling in a lounge chair and he's like yeah there's orange in there too bud <laughs> i mean that's funny you say that because i i do kind of feel that where it's like you're like oh that's what that is like it's not obvious i would i almost wish it was orange soda with cola like i wish yeah. they started with orange soda and they added cola because this, this could be easily be like, someone could market this as like, oh, this is, you know how there's cherry Coke? That's orange Coke. Yeah. And just like, okay. Yeah, it's like orange. It's like Coke with a hint of orange. It's, yeah, it's straight up Coke. It, it would go fine with maybe the right kind of chip. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm not super impressed with it. Um, I, think, I do think it's good. Like, it's not, I've had bad, like, cola-based beverages. This is not a bad one. Um, it's also not. A super offensive citrus base either like it's very chill no it could it could have been a lot worse um i i'm i'm but i'm i think i think i'm gonna go bare bones with this because i'm like i I had like three or four sips now and i'm just like kind of not not really enjoying it um anymore uh and i'm almost like recalling the tyson soda and where i ranked that and i'm kind of thinking i like that more just from like a whole concept and eggs oh yeah yeah, yeah, let's talk about concept execution like different kind of stuff and i think i i think i was rating those ones around like the low 70s high 60s so th- this is this is fine to me i'm, I'm probably 70 
Okay, for me it's a sixty-five. It's it's fine. I I don't I I, I was saying it was good, but now I'm just like it's yeah, it's seventy sixty-eight, probably around there. Yeah. If I had a nice hot pizza, that's like the best with Coke. Is sure. is pizza and wings? It, it could be seventy with a Pepsi with a uh, pizza and wings for sure. But yeah. just on its own right now, I'm I'm at sixty-five. It's it's okay. I'm we had a fun time while it lasted, but our fling's over. <laughs> that first those first two sips were really great, you know. But I think from, you know, our, our third sip and our fourth sip, I think it's just me, you know, I, I don't think I'm ready for this kind of relationship with a, with a cola at at this moment in life. I'm not saying like we can't hang out, but I'm just saying it's a little, it's just not what I'm looking for in a cola. And that's my fault. Um, it has nothing to do with Betsy. It's just kind of, you know, I've just been through this thing before. And, um, it ends up being a waste of time. You know, we both get bloated on our emotions and then, you know, I, we throw each other away. Uh, uh, next, I was expecting you to tap the mic and be like, hello, is this thing on? <laughs> uh, hello? Um, <laughs> I, I do think Mezzo makes it better in my memory, but, um, it, it was a nice fling while it lasted. The father-son podcasting microphone. It just has to get you through three awkward years before you can both start drinking together. All right, let's get back to the show. Let's 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 say thank you to to Steph for uh, bringing us that interruption. I think shout out to the beverage producer. I think next month, um, I've got a couple that are on the docket, so maybe we'll just do we'll knock out two at once. I don't know. They're conflicting flavors. That's the other thing I got to consider. Maybe. I'd, we're we're on, we're on the backlog now for how to raise your carbonation. I also got a uh, Ryan. We had, we had too much carbonation. Dude. Ryan Stabell's gonna be shipping in uh, one of his like local like New Hampshire beverages. So oh, man, we're we're stocked and loaded. So thank you guys. Um, so you know now we're talking about podcasts. <laughs> uh, we we brought a little life into the show, and now we're gonna take it right back out. Um, so. This this is the this is the biggest place I struggle is because I I listen podcasts are regular right podcasts are monthly weekly yeah it's it's hard to start a new show right and it's hard to now now I'm getting to the point where it's like I'm trying to find stuff and it's just like or if yeah I'm at the point where I have four or five shows that I like right that means four or five episodes a week I'm listening to those at least yeah you know what I mean so it's like oh here go ahead and fit another couple of hours to try out this new show yeah um so i i did that i i've been having a i mean i always have something in my ear whether it's music or um podcasts i think between uh-huh. between the two oh great this wasn't a good idea to drink a carbonated soda in the middle of the show <clears throat> <laughs> uh, i tell myself that every week but i month i can't remember can't remember um it, here's here's the thing here's the deal here's the deal are you listening to me speaking of here's the thing um, tangent here, guys. I'm a supervisor for TSA. Uh, this guy, he had this like piece of piece of equipment. Story time. He had this piece of like his tool that he was. He's. I was using it on a plane. I was using it on a plane earlier this uh, earlier today. I just need to travel with it, whatever. And I was like, yeah, okay. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was just the tool was too long. That's just the rules for TSA. It's like seven inches. If your tool is longer than seven inches, you can't carry on with it. That's just their standard. And basically, his thing was like, oh, I was just using it, yada yada. And so I, I look at him. And, you know, he's this older, sad gentleman, and, and, and I'm, I'm trying to break the ice. So I'm like, okay. So here's the thing. And I say that, and his eyes roll, and I, and I immediately snap. I say, don't roll your eyes at me. 
I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to explain this to you, sir. And he just said, okay. I've never, I've never snapped like that at anyone ever. <laughs> I've always been very professional as a supervisor. But at that point, I was like, don't roll your eyes at me. Like, you're acting like a, like a teenager. Like, yeah. who, who did, like, all I said was, here's the thing. You don't even know what's coming next. You're just assuming that, I mean, yeah, you assumed correctly that I wasn't going to let him bring it through because he, he was trying to say it's just a tool. I was like, every tool is just a tool. Like, there's no exceptions going to be made yeah. for, for tools. The, the exception is the length of the tool. Yes. And, so. and if it's too long, check it in. You can, I'm like, we're not, we don't have to throw it away. Just check the bag in. You got to keep it. That's what he ended up doing because he, he needed to keep the of tool. Course. Sure. But <laughs> I was I mean, like, don't, don't roll your eyes at me. Like just real the in the lead dad, who dad hat on don't roll your eyes yeah yeah supervisor hat on well sir uh actually the rules say um if it was a good moment because my the lead who kind of was like hold in because <laughs> he <laughs> as he's walking him out the exit and i was like yeah what's up how can i help you uh as i said don't really as i mean he like turned around he's like "Ooh, okay <laughs> you know he's like he felt like getting hot <laughs> but it wasn't even like it wasn't even that bad i mean but it was just it was more of just your your uh, stopping his um, his his runaround. Yeah. So here's the thing, uh, audience. Got um, don't roll your eyes at me. Um, I'm I'm found a podcast. Um, it, it was called. Uh, this was me. This was me just ban- bantering. I was just I was just trying to like not have to talk about this podcast. It's <laughs> it's not that bad. It's called. It's not only football. So far, there's three episodes of It's Not Only Football. It is a rewatch podcast that has been made famous from the likes of office the office rewatch show with in the scrubs rewatch show with jt whatever every show has a rewatch show so i guess they came to the friday night lights stars um one of which is our protagonist from um from midnight mass and the so they play the two main quarterbacks um and then they also have may may something I mean, this was, I really should have done my research here and I stuff sound like a buffoon. Um so they have three people, two of them being uh, on the show. Um Zach Guilford and Scott Porter, so playing Matt Saracen and Jason Street, and they have one super fan who's I think Mae Dawson. She's from Good Girl and um Modern Family. So she's like a real she's more successful than they are. Um uh, but she's like a super fan, she loved the show. Um, and so far they've only gone over like backstories in the pilot. So it's real basic stuff. They're going to bring in on like guests of the show. So hopefully I'll, I mean, when the Jesse Plemons episode hits, woo, <laughs> um, and, or the Taylor Kish episode, um, then I'll be excited. I mean, Michael B. Jordan was even on the show. So who knows if they'll bring him in. That's nice. Um, but it's fun hearing about the backstory and like, I mean, we, we fell in love with, um, Friday Night Lights as you guys remember. Me covering the uh, little album produced by uh, Dan Campbell um, that was like kind of talking, it was tangential to Friday Night Lights, and I and I and I love season one and season two, um, and I well, I I think it's a great football drama, and it's more about like the small town Texas living than anything, and so they they go talk about that and you know how they made like a, a low budget CW show actually like really impressive and like make it really good. And like all the different things that went into it and like talk about how unorthodox the director was and that he would like, he would have someone like say a line and then like immediately cut in and be like, now sadder, you know, and have him just repeat the same line. Like he just was real. One of those hands-on directors that just 
did whatever he wanted. He got he made sure that all the wages were the same for all the actors. Nobody Whoa. was nobody was getting paid more. That's huge. Yeah. So and they were all like fresh faced young teens that were like just breaking Absolutely. into the scene. Um, and like Jesse Plemons was basically nobody at that point. Um, I mean, and Taylor Kish went on to play like John Carter. You know, what I mean, like they definitely had like some some starting points for some some of these actors. I mean, some of them died there, like 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 they, like they should have been because um, <laughs> like Minka Kelly, like I know she's still doing stuff, but she's just not. That sounds super familiar. Uh, I guess she's in Euphoria, but uh, sheesh. sheesh. Maybe sheesh. She, maybe it hasn't died. I don't know. But she's not a good actress. Um, and I defend her in front of Steph. Lila Garrity is her name. She plays like the Jason Street's like girlfriend, and she's like, Jason, come on, no, I'm sorry, it was just one time. <laughs> so, um, man, to be Jason and to have a girlfriend that say your name like that. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's all I want in my life, dude. Um, Little do you know, Jason Street was paralyzed and uh, in a wheelchair. Well, man, after after it, he got hit, he was a star quarterback. Got hit in episode one, so it's funny because his experiences are different than Matt Saracen, Zach Guilford's experiences because Zach is the quarterback that takes over for him. And, yeah, and so his like just filming experience. He's like, yeah, the guy who played Jason Street's like Scott Porter. He's like. Yeah, I mean, I did all my stuff without you guys, basically. Like, I I was had very little scenes to do with the actual football team oh. or the football game, so it's yeah, like with other people. All my filming was like alone. So interesting. So it's interesting. Good. I'm giving it a 78. I liked it. Um, I'm gonna keep listening. Like I said, I'm looking forward to certain episodes. Um, I'll probably listen through season one and maybe season two. Um, but I it fell off so hard in season three that I'm like, nah. And even then, Scott Porter's not in it, so I don't know what he's gonna do. I don't even know how the show ends. So who knows. I don't even know that show. I have no idea how the show ends. They kept like referencing a couple things. I'm like, what? Like what? And I think Mae Whitman is her name. She's the the actress who's like kind of like the third, the third person. Um. And the, and she's like she's like I haven't I haven't finished it. I don't know how it ends. Don't spoil it. So I'm also kind of like that. I'm like, uh, we'll see. I don't. I Steph. I think Steph wants to finish it, but she kind of likes finishing trashy stuff. And I'm like, once once things fall off, I'm like good with letting them die. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially because it's five seasons, and they yeah. kill off like the main protagonist, or I'll, essentially in the third season. Yeah, I'll let I'll let things die through season one, dude. Abigail will let things die through episode two. All right, bro. It looks like you listened to a good podcast as well. What What would you get? Hopefully, I did. Um, Hopefully, bro. I listened to Video Archives. The Video Archives, Video Archives podcast. Um, this is. Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery invite you to become a customer at Video Archives, the store that started it all. Um, <clears throat> so the idea is uh, this guy, Roger Avery and Quentin Tarantino uh, worked at a video archive store. This little guy. A video store. This, this pal. It, they're, they're buds. This I think bud. They, they co-wrote Reservoir Dogs. They co-wrote mm, a movie. It's they probably Reservoir Dogs because if they're if they're friends since college, that's his first movie. So. Yeah, um, and they probably did. They probably did the short because the short came out before the movie, mm. and it was like while Quentin was in college, he came up yeah. with like the fourteen minute short that led into that feature so, film. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. Not familiar on Roger Avery. I know he is like some. He has something to do. He works somewhere in the entertainment business. Um, I don't know how much stuff of his I've watched or what he does exactly but um he's a pretty knowledgeable guy and obviously quentin tarantino uh one of the greatest directors of this age i guess um 
yeah so this is the the origin story of them um they worked at this uh video store called video archives um and you know er, as soon as this uh place has at uh ended up closing down um quentin bought all the tapes and all all those original tapes that they would uh basically sell and rent out and this is them kind of uh reviewing their way through their cag- category of uh, video archive tapes. Uh, I've heard, uh, Quentin Tarantino is my namesake for anyone who doesn't know, my middle name is Quentin, after Quentin Tarantino. I've heard that, he, and I've seen it, and other things, that his, like, his library of knowledge is insane. Oh, like, I mean, this is the exact reason why. Yeah, because he just, he has consumed so much cinema, that he has so many different things that you, he was on, oh, what it, whose podcast was it? I, I can't I can't remember who I I think it was um it was someone like Kevin Smith or something like that and he was on that podcast and they they just came up they said they got like super super obscure movies and he was like can you tell me the plot for this movie and he'd be like yeah 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 so this this is a real like B tier film and this is just something you've never ever heard of and he can just tell you it's like for, he's like 1974 had yeah. this had this person acting this thing acting and it was about this plot about this killer turkey that like actually turned into like a ham as a transformer halfway through the movie and it's just really great practical effects like, and he's, like he finds like the thing to compliment like awful these awful movies that I would just like never be able to like so he's his his knowledge is insane yeah so I've I've yet to do my due diligence and watch a movie and then watch their episode after it um, but I have watched a few of their episodes and they do honestly make some of these weird B videotapes like super convincing to watch um, like you were saying they talk about this movie called Cocaine Cowboys mm-hmm. and literally they're talking about maybe even like a C-list actor who kind of like funded this own movie for himself to be like a rock star, a uh, cocaine drug dealer, drug smuggler. Um, and they're going and talking about this, you know, minor celebrity's life and how it, act, it acted out, ended up living sort of similar parallels to the movie. And that's why they liked the movie so much. And I was like, how... Where did you learn this? You know what I mean? Like, how did you find this stuff out? Because there was no internet in in them days. And, that I mean, you're purely just, you know, naturally running down rabbit holes of all these interesting or not even, I don't even know if most people can consider them interesting films. They're just interesting to you and they caught your eye for whatever uh, artistic eye you have. And that's what kind of just... Accumulated to where he's like, oh, I'm going to buy, I'm just going to buy out the store then and keep these tapes for myself. He's one of the biggest weirdos in all of, all of the industry. He's, all, all of the world. He's just such a weirdo, but we love him for that. Um, we don't love him for the fact that maybe he's a little predatory. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I would not be surprised if he was a Weinstein. I mean, he worked with Harvey Weinstein, so I'm not, I would not be surprised if like, he had some kind of thing with that going on, unfortunately. So I don't, I don't really trust him from a moral standpoint, but he, I mean, undoubtedly his stuff is great. Um, I, so apparently this Roger Avery guy, he did, he wrote some of the background dialogue for Reservoir Dogs from like the radio. He was a writer on True Romance and he was a writer on Pulp Fiction, but it doesn't look like anything since then. I mean, he, he wrote the screenplay for the Beowulf that like 3d animated beowulf that movie's sick dude. <laughs> that movie's angelina wild jolie. yeah n- nude n- nude cgi angelina jolie that's sick dude that movie's sick <laughs> I, I, I do remember watching that in class and i was like what the hell are we watching you watched that in a class <laughs> yeah because we read the beowulf story so she she showed us the movie 
And I was just like, what the hell is this? Wait a minute. Is this at school? Roger Avery? What did you, why'd you write this, man? Roger Avery. Why'd you write the screenplay for this? Um, so, um, yeah, get hit us with that rating, bro. This, this podcast is 70, uh, 70 fizzle. That's a good fizzle podcast. in the fizzle. If you, if you can get over how fast, uh, Quentin talks and then oh. God forbid you're like me and I, I bump <laughs> up the speed of all my right. podcasts. So he's even faster. Um, if you can get past that, it's, it, it's decent. Um, they're talking about some cool films that I kind of want to watch, but like, are I don't have them enough knowledge or I can't talk about them well enough to bring them on here. Um, but there, there's definitely some interesting things going on, um, in the deep, dark video archives. So cocaine cowboys came out in 2006 on their box. That's 5.4 thousand people that have like said they've seen it. So it's, it's a, it's not like in the hundreds, but like 5,000 is like a pretty low people that logged in. Interesting. Okay, bro. Let's let's talk music. Um, as as you know, I've I like I mentioned to you pre-recording that I have like some seventy-five albums released in 2022 that i've listened to and i've ranked and rated dude you renaissance man dude you're <laughs> i saw your spotify rap st- stories yeah yeah you're bro. Crazy, dude. 2150 different artists you listen to this year what don't you listen to man <laughs> um it's too good it's too good it is it is fantastic um so that all being said i'm always in the hunt to find new new music that's that's something new is like a drug to me. Like I just like, I'm like, what's new? What's new? What's new? It doesn't have to actually be like new. It's just new to me. That's all I'm looking for. I remember one of my favorite jokes I ever made to you to make you laugh was like, Hey, have you heard Rex Orange County's um, new single? And you're like, and he was like, no, that, that came out in 2019. I was like, Oh, well new to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough to get a good laugh out of you. And that's, yeah, that yeah. stuck with me. It, it, it's yeah. It's reoccurring in our, uh, our music discord now anytime anyone posts anything it's like have you heard this new like if if you do that you're like you're 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 putting yourself in a coffin have you heard this new uh this new uh yada yada like, mm, no that's not new sir like new to me old old i've already watched like a hundred times um so speaking of new i found this band i never heard of their name was cheek face um, they released an album this year called Too Much to Ask. I will say Cheek Face immediately grabbed me because the biggest, biggest, biggest comparison you can say is cake. If you're a fan of cake, you're going to like Cheek Face because they're like very cake adjacent. Now you throw in something a little bit heavier like Sum 41 um, and then you throw in maybe some of the comedy of like, I mean, cake is funny. Don't, don't get me wrong. Cake is funny. You throw in some of the comedy of like uh, Bare Naked Ladies. And then you get cheek face. Um, so I'm going to play probably just the song that I constantly want to go back to. It's called We Need a Bigger Dumpster. And the, the song could have had many titles because there's a few things that repeat. But there's just, there's so much to it. And I just love, I love the energy that, that cheek face brings. So without further ado, this is We Need a Bigger Dumpster by cheek face. Sunscreen causes sunburns and music causes hearing loss. Bottled water makes you thirsty, 
And I am just a cat watching another cat on TV. I lit a match. I threw it in the trash. I tossed it all in the dumpster. The dumpster fire got bigger. Now we need a bigger dumpster and a book of matches. I caught a cold. I coughed on all my friends. Now everyone is coughing on everybody else. And we're coughing on our doctors and our doctors cough out. And that was We Need a Bigger Dumpster by Cheekface. D-Ray, what did you think? Uh, what an entertaining song, dude. Yeah, it's fun. It's got a lot of power chords. It's like, it's very like simple, rhythmic, like it has like some moments of chaos, but still it's like formulaic. It, it has everything to be like a, yeah, this is, this is fun. Yeah, it's like the exact how, way I was thinking. I was like, oh man, I'm having so much fun with this song, but it's still like kind of capturing the overall... Uh, attitude that um, most millennials have about uh, society I guess yeah there's definitely a deeper message to all of their check they, they're, they're usually trying to say something like in a comical way um, yeah I mean uh, Sa- SEAL Team 6 is here saging everything that's just like an extremely funny visual to me yeah that was that was one that made him chuckle um, I, I, I love I love the uh, repeating chorus of for the sake of arguments let's say that uh, Chapstick causes chap lips, and uh, music causes hearing loss, and water bottles make you thirsty. That that just like imagery is just like it's fun. It's like there's a lot of like it's very wordy for like a like a rock song. Like Cake is good at doing that too. Um, but it but it just is such a every every one of their tracks is like there's it's its own little like capsule like of like story theme they're trying to get across. Uh, this one is just like let's just throw the trash elsewhere mentality of uh like metaphorically that's a whole like we need a bigger dumpster it's not a real dumpster it's like let's just keep pushing the problems off like whatever whatever actually problem you're facing right now let's just keep pushing it off and like that's the, i love the chorus everything is fine like i I just i love a call and response um hobo johnson and the heartbreakers does that really well um anytime you get like a fun call and response to the rest of your band it's always like that's that's as that's the kind of stuff i want to sing along with because i'm not i don't when i'm driving in a car i don't sing along with anything but that's the kind of stuff that's like, oh, I love call oh, yeah. and response yeah, stuff. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would get behind that for sure. Um, I'm giving this album an 88. I think it's totally molding for Holden. Um, I, once I heard this, I was like, oh, this is a no-brainer. Like, this is Cheek Faces coming on the Hint of Holden playlist. Like, this is so up my alley. Just, like, combining, the, like, the comedy with, like, this, the seriousness with, like, the rock, like, poppy ballady like it's got it's got everything and like each like i said each song is very different so go ahead and check this album out if you like that little sample holden if we had a book section um the first book i'd recommend you would be um the red meridian have you ever read that before no but i've heard of it yeah it's i guess it's the greatest uh uh midwestern story novel of all time um this man, Ben Nichols, um, has made an album reflecting that uh, novel. Oh, you're talking about Blood Meridian. Blood Meridian, my Yes, I've I, I heard of the Cormac McCarthy Blood Meridian. Yeah, that's the one with Judge Holden. I've, I've read a lot of people talking about that because it has my name in it. Yeah. Um, this uh, album is based off that book. Um, this is The Last Pale Light in the West. Who, who's it by? 
Ben Nichols. Oh, yeah. Have we done Ben Nichols on the show? I feel like that name sounds funny. I don't think so because he's, I mean, this is his only solo album. No, we haven't. Go ahead. Um, Just trying to find a good song for you. Um, This is the kind of thing you make a choice of like before. We yeah, go into so, this segment. We'll just gotta we just gotta go with number one, right? The self the self self titled titled the titular track. The titular uh, the last bill. The west, bound, I will go on head free. There's a How do you feel, man? How, how many times have I brought you a uh, accordion and slide guitar? No, man, I really like that. I, um, speaking of the the um, movie I didn't talk about, Inside Lone Davis, it reminds me a lot of that. And I watched the Criterion edition of that, and uh, it turns out Stephen Mumford, the guy from Mumford and Sons, whoever, whatever, Marcus Mumford, I think is his name, um, he had a big part in composing uh, the music um, and, and worked with um, Bone or bone something or another some like music industry legend um but um, i i listened to a lot of my friends sons afterwards now because i wanted to get that folky vibe and this track was a lot better than a lot of my friends sons type music because <laughs> my friends sons doesn't really nail the folk that i'm looking for so this had a lot of different moving parts and like i it was only two and a half minutes which i really appreciated it was, it was able oh, to yeah. tell its entire it, it, it it's very tone heavy there's it's, it's a lot less word focused as our uh, previous track but it, um it, it told a lot with with its twang and with its sound so i do love me some folk and this was that's really good folk yeah the the follow-up album or follow-up songs i should say um definitely bring more of like the narrative that the uh novel has um like citing characters and um telling things from different perspectives of the book um but yeah overall i think it's pretty it's just like slick little almost like alternative country album maybe even like pre 9-11 country type of right. feel to it like maybe 80s or 90s where it's just kind of it's kind of about the old west and you know like jeans and like dirty shoes and the sin and redemption of man that's awesome man i'll have to check it out what's your rating um good question dude good freaking cute bro I, I toss it up to you. I expect you to give me a rating. These, I need these to be memorized by heart. Eight zero. Eighty. Great. Love it. I love it. Yeah, having a good time with it. Uh, moving on to the waste gap because I'm trying to end this podcast in six minutes. Um, I'm going to talk about the bear. Uh, it's not going to get the time that it deserves because um, I'm a, my, got my back against the wall. What down? What time I told my wife I would end this podcast. Um, but I I certainly loved the bear. Uh, this was a, a TV show uh, that D. Red brought up a couple months ago. Um, it's a cooking TV show. Um, the cooking show. <laughs> and I need to stop saying that because people are like, um, I don't really like cooking co- shows. A cooking show. Yeah, I don't really want it. Like I've I've watched Rachel Ray. I've like, seen I've seen the cook. I've yeah. seen the 
Or either they think it's Rachel Ray or they think it's the great like British Bake Off. Like yeah. they think it's one of those. No, neither. So it's it's a sh- it's a drama that takes place around a restaurant. That's what I need to start saying. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Um, if you if you don't want anything spoiled because you haven't seen the bear, go ahead and skip this because you know the way Scab we spoil things. Um, so I'm going to spoil the bear. Hey, <laughs> hey, the bear was cool. I love the yelling. I love the um, I love when it makes me feel like uncut gems. Um, I yeah. love I love cousin. Um, Cuz. Cousin. 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 What are you doing? It's full cousin. Corner. Um, Fine. Yes, chef. I like all the little little things, you know? It's it's fun. The uh, small details. The small saying? details. Like small details that make up the whole of the show. Cousin is in Andor. Cousins and Andor. Cousins and Andor. Oh my it's, it's uh and he's his character is a, is it plays a role. Um <laughs> his character definitely plays hey, like he's a act, he's acting and it, he's he's playing a it's role. It's not a cameo. Like he's he's an important character. So it, that's why I was like, oh like while I'm watching, I'm like, why cousin 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 can't can't trust the cousin, right? Cousin. It's hard to say. I think he might be typecasted. <laughs> I don't know. Um Great, great food stuff. And now let's talk about the very ending. I I don't know if I like the way they ended. It seems like everything was stacked up against them. They're all having problems. And then now it's like any kind of conflict, any kind of drama all got resolved because money is the answer. Money yeah. solves everything. And I just feel like it, that's not enough for me because I feel like all of the problem revolves around money. That's where all the stress comes from is because of this debt. And now it's like, oh, this is the answer. We have money now, so we, you being an asshole or being a terrible person or doing whatever you did is now all forgiven. Like we can start anew because we have money now, and it's just like I, I wish they could have got there with a different, a different route. Like I, the money, like it's it feels like Arrested Development. The the there is always <laughs> money in the banana stand. Like yeah, there's um, always money in the spaghetti cans. To, to a degree, I can agree with you for sure. It's just like, oh, we found we found the money. Why did why did? It's a MacGuffin, know? I think. Yeah, for sure. But um, it reversely to play devil's advocate, um, the restaurant as it sits before they find it, and everyone's um basically issue with each other is that um, his older brother was a burden. Right. Um, cousins a burden on our young chef here. The rest of the chefs, Carmen. Are, uh, yeah, Carmen. The rest of the chefs are a burden onto him, and also Carmen is a burden onto his sister because he can't pay the bills. And, Sugar. Um, the what they think of the um sole root of the burden upon everybody else is whether it's to be a good chef, whether it's to be a good brother, to be a good cousin, to be a good sister. Um, the sole root is the brother who committed suicide. Um, and then you find all this money that he was storing all this money for all these other people. Um, they realize that, you know, no one is, should be feeling that someone else is a burden upon their life. Um, therefore don't kill yourself. Don't, don't just exit someone's life because you shouldn't feel like a burden. Um, and it takes the form of money in, uh, uh, tomato soup cans. Yeah, I. I, I hear you. And I, I agree with that common theme. Um, maybe maybe that's reading. Maybe that's reading into it a little bit. A little bit, but I mean, that's what the show kind of invites. Um, 
the two highlights, obviously Lionel was great. Uh, we talked about that before that, that you loved his performance. Not as good as Taco and Dave, but still great character. Mm-hmm. Um, a little one note, but still great. Um, I do love, uh, I'm reading his name now, Chris Watoski. He plays Pete, who is uh, Sugar's husband. I think it's, I, I love like punching bag characters who like still are like, who, who are just still like lovable. I mean, like I hated Pete. I mean, yeah, Pete, I mean, Pete is the Toby from the office of, <laughs> of the bear. But, uh, I, st- I still, it was just like, anytime he was involved with something, it was always like just entertaining. I was in for a good time. There's you like, uh, Maddie Matheson. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As, as Neil, uh, yeah. as, as fuck. <laughs> fuck. Um, yeah, he was, his character is really good. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, realize who you're that's that's who that is like that he's like an important like his character is so not an actual like chef i i enjoyed it just because um uh like if you maddie madison doing what he does in real life feels out of place but maddie madison being uh like spacey uh you know brain dead uh repairman that's like that like fits him better than like actually yes. him being a real life chef and restaurateur. Yeah, that that character, that role is more believable. <laughs> yeah. Like it's crazy when like a role Vi- visually everything. A role is more believable than your real life. That's that's a wild it's a wild individual. Um I'm gonna be giving that eighty six. Um I loved it. One of the best shows of the year. Um oh y- you know who else Pete reminded me of? Pete reminded me of uh in Severance, the uh um Adam Scott's uh, sister's brother, the one who wrote the book, yeah, yeah, yeah. who wrote the book. Yeah. They're, they're like same kind of level, like important characters, but also like lo- lovable punching bags. All right, guys. Um, all things disclosed here. Lifting the kimono as always. Um, dear, I didn't have a waist cap, so I forced him to look through the archives and see what he could do that he hasn't talked about. So today we talked. About, we're going to be talking about Wordle. So let's mm-hmm. let's let's give uh, Wordle its its last hurrah here. Couple, a couple minutes on Wordle. Um, I've played Wordle before. Um, just to uh, make this easier for everybody, this is Thursday, um, December the 1st. Um, I completed today's Wordle in, in six guesses. Nice. The full amount of guesses, but completed. Um, Likewise, I did mine earlier in the day because I just thought about it, so I, I did it early in the day. Um, spoilers from here on out. This is the Waste Cat. Um, grow up baby. Um, the I word, got, uh, I, I started with the classic sore air. Yep. Likewise. You um, got the, you got the E. You got the E. Um, and then the next word is, is a newer word that I've, uh, I, I was thinking about is bendy. Bendy. I did cluey. Cluey. So, I mean, we're on the, we're on the same track. Yes. We, we want, we want some strong consonants and then the N Y those yeah. are, those are the D N Y like that's very E Y. Yep. You you want to get those out of the way, um, but that only gave me another E. Okay, my cluey gave me a C, so I did. Right. Uh, I ran into Mex, even though I knew S wasn't in there. I still yes, just, that's my head wasn't going anywhere. So then, um, immediately I'm like, there has to be if this if these E's are if maybe I have an, a single E out of place or there's two E's. That's that was I was thinking in my head. More likely two E's. They're gonna double letter. That's mm-hmm. that's common in Wordle. So I'm I hit them with a theme. Okay, good theme. I did scene. Okay, see we're we're think we're right on the same track, mm-hmm. just different mm-hmm. words. Um, that gave me my T, my yellow T, and it gave me a green E this time. Okay. 
Um, now I hit them with an elite. Elite. L I L I's are popular. I was like, let me get those out of there. I did epics. Um, but that only gives me that gives me the second place of my E. So mm-hmm. I know it's E blank E with the T sprinkled in there somewhere. Um, I was on a big, that was my biggest roadblock, and I hit an emergency erect. Classic. Classic everyone, emergency ev- erect. Everyone loves erect. So I, I already knew there wasn't an R, but I just needed to make sure I have the rest of these letters in my head right, and that led me straight to the eject, which which uh, which happens after the erect. Tr- true. Those are, these are just facts. Just, I mean, it's the natural order of life. Anatomy. Um, great. Yeah. I, did you, so during his, his playthrough, I was in the room, um, and I, um, I, I hit him with the, the X hint to help you at all throw X's in the letters you don't know. Did you try that? Um, I don't like playing it that way. Okay. Um, I feel, I fill out the word when they put X's in the letters. I don't, I don't know. Or like what, what words I want to think. That's where I got, that's where I got. I mean, even though, again, I did epics, but I knew S wasn't going to be in there. Same thing with erect. You knew R wasn't going to be in there. Your first word was sorry. Yeah. But in any case, it helped me get to E blank ECT, and I knew it couldn't. There's a few things that can be there, but I was like, oh, that's sorry. So then that's how I got to I'm, check. I'm more of a um, just put every letter in to see what that even, if that even looks close to a word. Um, and I mean, after erect, I'm like, okay, this, it's, it's a, it's a shoe in now. I just got to find the J. Um, and just let everyone know once again how you feel about Wordle. I mean, you, this is your first Wordle you've done in over probably half a half a year huh yeah it's an ad game it's it it no longer gives me same dopamine when i solve it Mm -hmm. it's very far very far from the same dopamine uh levels of when i first started playing wordle but when i did start first playing wordle it's um an addicting game if you like words then uh you already you probably already been playing it yeah can you talk in the mic please because you're i'm i'm in the mic the mic is completely tilted up it's over your head it's like when we say talking to the phone, you are literally talking underneath the phone. Do you know where like the, <clears throat> the cardioid is? Um, I still, I'm still a fan of Wordle. Um, still, still like doing it. Um, I don't do it super frequently. You know, I'm not crazy about the streak like I once was, like getting over 100 and whatnot. The but, streak. You know, but I'm still, still having a good time. And My I, Wordle streak. I'll come back to it. You know, whenever, I, whenever I need. Um, your rating. 80. 80, 80 out of 100. It's a good game. That's great. Great um, game, man. No longer just tickles the fancy, but it, it did once once um once upon a time. I, I finished I finished my spritzel. Um I'll have it be known he did write seventy in the uh, notes file. So the fact that he's changing to eighty just means our conversation and our joy and passion around it has just proved otherwise <laughs> that it's just it's just such a great experience and I agree with him. Wordle is a total eighty. Um that's all I got for you folks at home. Thank you for listening. Um Please join the uh, DraftPunks Discord. Go ahead and give us a shout out in the, um, the server and um, type. Start typing in the How to Waste Your Time channel. Even if that's start the only, right now. even start if that's the right only now. channel you interact with, I we will greatly appreciate that. Um, we love we love feedback. Yeah, the only reason I ever added audio cues is because somebody said I couldn't tell when you were moving from one um, medium to another. I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's a no brainer. So f- the fans make the show better. So. Start typing right now. I can see it. It says you. No typing. It says you are typing. Start typing right now. You know who you are. Love you. Bye.
You're not going to say bye? Love you. Bye. Like, how are you going to end the show without saying bye? Should I press stop? <laughs> All right, bro. What, what, uh, what sporty sport you got a sport, sport, sport in me about? What anime? Did you ever talk about your sport? <laughs> World Cup? I thought I'd lead. <laughs> you definitely like ended it in a place where I shouldn't have followed up with anything. So maybe I'll just <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> I was realizing that I was saying, I was like, oh, he like ended it on a note to like stop talking about it. <laughs>